powered from the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage in Indian Trail, North Carolina, and broadcasting from the Drew Estate Studios in California. It's episode 293 of the Primetime Show. Tonight, we welcome the one and only Jack Hire of Davidoff of Geneva as our special guest. And as always, the Primetime Show is brought to you by Saga Cigars. Dagos Race introduces another chapter of the saga, the Saga Celez. Celez is a Spanish word that means leisure after work. In the spirit of the standing idea of owning your own journey and making your own saga, Saga Celez is the perfect companion to enrich those moments of choice, making them truly yours. The Saga Celez card is a brand of Criollo, Aurora, and Peloto Cubano, wrapped in a selected Ecuador Shade Claro wrapper that generously delivers with elegance a surprisingly rich and balanced smoke. It's available in four sizes at an affordable price. Be sure to ask your retail for Saga Celez. And by Perdomo Cigars, Awarded Nicaraguan Cigar of the Year in 2014 by Cigar Journal, the Perdomo 20th Anniversary brand has consistently earned the highest scores in the industry and is a top seller in humidors around the world. Perdomo 20th Anniversary blend requires tobacco has been carefully hand-selected and a well-aged for a minimum of eight years. The Perdomo 20th Anniversary is offered in three distinct wrappers, a smooth, creamy Ecuadorian Connecticut, a rich, earthy Cuban seed Nicaraguan sun-grown, and a dark, oily Cuban seed Nicaraguan Maduro. Combine these beautifully bourbon barrel-aged wrappers with thick, high-priming binder and fill of tobaccos because each blend of balanced complexity with layers of rich flavors and smooth, elegant aromas. Perdomo Cigars is a family-owned and operated company. It's headquartered in Miami, Florida, with manufacturing and agricultural facilities in Esteli, Nicaragua. Perdomo's highly acclaimed cigar brands include the Perdomo 30th Anniversary, Perdomo Double H 12-Year Vintage, Perdomo 20th Anniversary, Perdomo Reserve 10th Anniversary Line, Perdomo Abano Bourbon Barrel Aids, Perdomo Lot 23, the Perdomo Momento 70, and many more. For great tasting notes and pairing information, check out the Perdomo website at perdomocigars.com. But Cavalier Geneve, Cavalier Cigars, Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars and on Facebook at Cavalier Geneve Cigars. That's Geneve, G-E-N-E-V-E. You visit your local tobacconist and join that movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded by highly by cigar lovers everywhere, as well as high ratings by the cigar industry press. You also want to follow them on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. And finally, by Drew Estate, dark, bold, and unapologetic. Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is an intense journey into the uncharted, deepest and darkest and heaviest depth of Maduro tobacco. This is a masterpiece collaboration between Metallica's James Hetfield, Sweet Amber Distilling's Rob Dietrich, and Drew Estate's Johnson Drew. The All Maduro Blackened Cigars M81 by Drew Estate is rich and powerful, but beautifully balanced, offering tantalizing notes of leather, chocolate, and espresso that's perfect for both life celebrations and times of reflection. You can find them at your Drew Diplomat retailer. And remember, all the live streaming for the Primetime Network of Shows, as well as the California Studios for uh, the Primetime Thursday Show, sponsored exclusively by Drew Estate. Well, welcome, everybody. This is Primetime, episode 293. Today is Thursday, January 18th, 2024. This is Will Cooper. I'm back in the Perdomo Cigar Studios on the Black Stage. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend and co-host out at the... Uh, Black and Cigar Studios by Drew Estate, Mr. Aaron Loomis. How you doing tonight, Will? I'm doing very well. How about you? I'm doing well. Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, was I'm drafted a... today by the Red Sox, so that was it's... a good day. So was that was that like happy? You happy that the Red Sox? I mean, last year was the Astros. I know you weren't too. Yeah, I mean, now I got to buy Red Sox gear. I don't know how I feel about that. It's, Just call Bear. Whole thing. Yeah. Bears. I, I guarantee you, Bears got like gear. <laughs> 
Except probably too big on our buttons. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I meant for myself. If I'm a oh, if... softball dad. Oh, you know, Bear's got to have like... <laughs> <laughs> oh, gets, no. You know, she has to buy the whole, you know, buy the whole no. uniform and stuff for her, so... There was no shot to get the Phillies with this, right? It was was there a shot. I mean, how does I don't, that... see? I don't remember if they have the Phillies. Um, you know, they don't they don't have all the teams, so they only have a subset of yeah. teams. I'm not sure. If, uh, actually, they do have the Phillies. Okay, um, but yeah, I don't know. I don't know how they go about picking whose teams what. Yeah, yeah. No, it's a that's that's always a fun thing. Um, that they do that. Um, with the softball teams with the kids, I I like that too. I know. Uh, I don't like my, my youngest did get the Phillies in T-ball, um, oh, nice. but he also got the Yankees another year. So, I'm gonna draw the line there. I I will not buy any Yankees gear. Sorry. <laughs> no, def- definitely, definitely not. Um, yeah. So, uh, I mean, it's um, I mean, it's less than a month. We're gonna be getting back into this already. Uh, right. Pitches and catchers. So, yeah. Um, I'm excited about that. Um. And uh, we'll, we'll see. this is kind of a little bit of the doldrums I think we're in right now. In fact, I had a I had a I had a struggle to pull a question up tonight on because I usually try to pull a baseball question up for you as opposed yeah. to like another sport, and it was a little tricky right. tonight. So I can tell you that. Um, I can really when we get to our guests, I'm excited about the the. Uh, I have never been more excited tonight about um, the ties that bind question. We're gonna hit him with. Okay. Because right. because it, it, did you see it? Yeah, I saw it. You know the answer. I don't. I didn't. No, I haven't really thought about much of it, so I have to. Okay, okay. Again. I'm gonna. I'm gonna leave it for a little bit. Uh, but okay. yeah, yeah. So uh, I want to see if Jack Jack will get this without a hint. That's why. Okay. But uh, hey, so why don't we bring in uh, why don't we bring in our special guest here? Uh, he is. He is uh, a guy. A guy. Look, I love this guy. Um, and he is just. I've watched this guy blossom his career. Um, I think I know him about seven, eight years right now. But he is Jack Hire of Davidoff of Geneva. Jack, welcome to primetime. Gentlemen, you know, it is it is the honor of my life to be here. I, you know, I can't believe when I got that text, Coop, it was like, it was like gold. Um, I, you know, what, what can I say? I mean, I, I got to Now I got to really step up to the plate, Coop. I got to let the tape show, you know, it's, it's no more time for practice. This is game time reps. I got to be, you know, I got to, I got to live up to the call of being a guest on primetime. No, I'm I'm confident. We're confident. We're, we you would not <laughs> be here. Good. We'll let the audience. We'll let the audience decide. You know, this is not this is not for the meek. Yeah. No. It's uh. You know, I was thinking about this today, and we're gonna get we're, we're gonna chronicle your your journey because I think you yeah. have a, a really interesting. Year, but it was about seven years ago when we met for the first time, and it was on that um cigar safari. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that what what a what a trip that was. Yeah. Oh, boy, you, Bert. I think, well, actually, you wouldn't have even remembered this because I think the first time we met um, was we did meet a, a we met in New Orleans. For yes, like we seconds. did. Yeah, we did. And I remember you were wearing a, like the full suit, and I forget who you were interviewing that day. But you were like, You're, I had to wear the full suit because I had a big interview today. You know and who I, I interviewed? Like, you know who I interviewed? I know that you know, but I don't remember. Uh, your form, well, Davidoff's former CEO, Hans Christian uh, Hosgaard. Ah, okay. I, so that, I put this. Yeah, that's a I nice had this... full circle moment, right? Yeah, yeah. It's yeah I that's... just remember being like, okay, like you know, at the time I was in like the blogosphere. I, it was kind of more of a hobby, fun thing than a serious thing for me. And I was like, I was like, is this a real, you know, capital J journalist in the cigar space wearing a full suit for the interview? You know, that's no, that was you, um... you started up here, Coop, and it has stayed 
It has stayed that high the entire time. I mean, Jack, I'm gonna, I'll be honest with you in the audience here. So I got a, I got an uh, email from Davidoff. Who would you like to interview, right? So I put Hans Christian there. I said, there's no way they're going to give me Hans Christian, right? And they're like, uh, can you be here on day one to interview Hans Christian? <laughs> it's like, holy cow. Sure. <laughs> so, and then I actually, and actually, I got – the year I got an interview him with his last year as well, the year after. So I was, uh, yeah, it was he was super easy to talk to, too. I was uh, to say I was nervous was an understatement, and I had no crew back then. Like, yes. I had I was doing <laughs> this interview on so my own, long. yeah. So, God knows how I even pulled that off, right? <laughs> because, uh, now I look at what what we do with the, the rest of the team, and I have no clue how they put these videos together other than they get them together, and uh. <laughs> I'm just, I could do minimal. As soon as you leave the show, it's like, that's <laughs> yeah. whatever the next step is. Yeah. That's, that's on them. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, I didn't realize it was that show that we met before. But I mean, it was really in, in that Drew State trip that, you know, I think it was some good bonding we had. Oh. Um, that was from the AJ place to, to, that to, was a, that was an incredible trip. So many good stories, and you know we don't have to we don't have to cover all of them at this exact <laughs> moment. But um, there are some of the stories from that trip that I t still tell on a regular basis. Uh, I um, like I when did. the power the power went out, uh, and Coop was in the middle of writing an article about God knows what <laughs> some you know regulation in Pennsylvania or something, and Coop was like, "What the hell? There's no Wi-Fi." Like Coop, there's no power. <laughs> the power's out for like 25 minutes. We're talking about sports. We're talking about life. And then all of a sudden the lights come back on. Coop's just like, I'm finishing this article. <laughs> no, I remembered it. I, I, I said that because I was trying to get a, a Wi-Fi through my phone. And I, I had the data yeah. plan where I could do And I couldn't even do that. So I was like, <laughs> that oh, is the truth. There's a million good stories from that trip. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, in the years since, uh, all the traveling you've done with Eric, you know, all the airport hijinks throughout the years, our constant bullying of Terrence and his ridiculous I... crime against photography and so... uh, bread and sandwiches. All right, I got to go there for a second. I'm sorry, Aaron. I got to go there. So, <laughs> so Pi Day's coming up, right? That's the day, yes, you know. That's, right. That just happens so, to be the same day. So Terrence has kind of redeemed himself in the last few months with me, right? Yes. But, but then I saw something today. He sends Fabian... To Del Sandrio's, right, which is one of the iconic Philadelphia cheesesteak places, and I get this like nothing burger video. It's like there's no cheesesteak being. I didn't see a picture of the cheesesteak either. I mean, I what, to... like this is bad work, and I like Fabian a lot, but I'm gonna, but I'm holding Terrence responsible for this. I don't think that Fabian knows the entire scope. No, I don't think scale. he does either. If we're talking about, you know, we're talking about this show, or like right. you know, being kind of like a niche focus. The cheesesteak post is like an even more diluted down, like the yeah. most niche possible. There's a, there's a protocol to it. Where there's like 40 people that are really tracking this specific <laughs> story. You know, if, if anybody out there hasn't seen, many years ago, Terrence was in Philly and he just posted a haphazard picture of what he was eating. And where was he? He was at somewhere that was pretty good, right? Steve's. Where he was, was at Steve's Princess yeah, Steaks, which is one of the well, best. I wouldn't put a top five, but top 10 is fine, you know? a reputable cheesesteak dealer. And I'm sure the cheesesteak tasted delicious, but the picture that he posted, I could only describe as roadkill or, you know, like it looked like- <laughs> Soul of a shoe. It, it, yeah, looked, like it, looked, like it looked like steak um... that was left over from yeah. a job. It looked <laughs> like the bottom of a trash can in a, you know, in a country that doesn't have trash cans like that. So, you know, he, 
a year passes and Facebook kind of just reminds you of these things to the point where now I have an alert on my phone every year on that day when I wake up that just says, this is the day that Terrence posted the cheesesteak. I think that we should really kind of evolve this into like a cheesesteak festival or some sort of maybe that'll be a good initiative for this i, I think we should i think it would very much be a, a good reminder um Just to kind it, of like celebrate and remember you know it's not a yeah. happy day it's a it's a it is it, it's an honor and a remembrance of you know all that could go wrong with with cheesesteaks and, and that yeah. sort of thing <laughs> I mean, I remember just the, uh, you know, I just remember that day. And then he did another one like a couple years later. It was even like, it looked like a Chinese oh, was, pepper steak. Wasn't he in like, yeah, wasn't he in like Virginia or something? Virginia, yeah. Like some sort of fried rice crepe thing or something. It was, yeah, it was terrible. But then he went I mean, to he's gyms. Got, that guy's got to really, that guy's got to really look himself in the mirror. And, you know, yeah. <laughs> but then he went to gyms this year, which gyms I would put yeah, top, no. top five. And, and, uh, he redeemed himself. I you don't got, get you know, anything past Terrence. He's he's putting the reps in. You know he's it's it's gonna but, he's but, gonna make it happen. But did you go to John's Rose Pork with the dojo guys? Did you on that trip? I did. I, and I, I get and I offered everyone a money back guarantee if it wasn't a good chase steak. I and I I can see Eric getting to this place like where did he send me right? Because it's a hole in the wall. But but I I went I think the year after. So the first time he went, and then the, I went the year after. Okay. And it's a scary thing, you know, like going to a place where. I like that, but it is you. You have a little fear of going to a place where, like, it's you're in the opposite position where, like, the cu it's the customer's always wrong, you know. Yeah. So you're kind of going and you're just like, huh? like, kind of mousy. Well, at least I am. Like, can I get a um? Can I get a? Huh? And there's like, what do you want? No, we don't got it. Get out! Come on, you <laughs> want this? This is what you get. Boom, boom. I'll tell you how it is. And th that was the experience I got there. But it was it was something else. Yeah. No, it was good. I don't do the wit, the wit whiz or anything, but I do. I did get the peppers. That's fine. Yeah, the wit whiz is not for everybody. I do like it, but I usually get the provolone. It's a safe bet. Yeah, I could see that on like occasion. What do you feel about ketchup? I've tried no. ketchup. No. Is that like is that like ketchup on a hot dog? Is it sacrilege? Yeah. It's, it's worse than ketchup on a hot dog. It's worse. Oh, you know, yeah. it, it, the sad thing is, there's a mayor of Philadelphia. His name is Ed Rendell, who probably was the greatest ambassador of the city of Philadelphia ever. Seriously, he was a great – but the one thing I always held against him is he put ketchup, ketchup. on his cheesesteaks, yeah. Who was it? I, you know, I don't know. Was it de Blasio or somebody – one of the New York mayors ate his pizza fork and knife yeah. style? Yeah. And everyone yeah. was like, this no. is it. It's Subway, this is not going to work. The fold, the fold is what made New York pizza New York – is the Subway fold, you call it. Yeah, you, you know, be able to fold it. You know, I'm I'm from a place without much like rich food tradition, so I always like you know one of my favorite. Uh, it used to be a pretty popular Twitter page, but it was called Italians Getting Mad at Food, and it would just be Italian people online angrily responding to whatever dish was. You know, like you can't put X in Y. You can't put you can't put meat in a carbonara. You don't break the spaghetti. Don't, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, that, that's a better example. <laughs> But I like that. I think it's good. You know, it's important yeah. to there's 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 there should be it's like bowling. There should be, you know, gutters. And it's like, all right, we're allowed to do these few things. And if you you know, if you put ketchup on your cheesesteak, it's not, you know, nah, it's not my thing. It's irredeemable. I agree. So <laughs> so Jack, uh, I think I'm the only one smoking tonight. Um so I kind of did something in honor of both of you guys because you're both not smoking, right? So um this is the Avo Maduro 30th. Ah, this is a cigar that went on to become 
developing Palette's number one cigar of the year a few years ago when it was released into regular production. Yes. Yeah. So, I mean, this is in high regard. I'm smoking this tonight. That's that's one of my favorite, favorite, favorite cigars ever. This um, is from yeah. the the 30 anniversary box. So this is this has got about five and a half years of age on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I I bought this cigar box um because I got a new job um uh, and I just happened to be in a, in my cigar store and I bought the box um to celebrate. So yeah. Well, I'm I am with envy. I mean that that cigar in that kind of whole time period. Avo always has really great LEs, but it felt like there was like a five year stretch where they literally every single one that came out. And this was before I even was you know being paid to say it, but it felt like every one that was coming out was just like boom, yeah. boom, boom out of the park. Yeah. So this year I didn't open it up on the show yet. I'm waiting till probably after the trade show. I have an unopened box of the Avo Greatest Hits sampler. Uh, so I have all those ones when they re-released it in yeah, 2014. Yeah, yeah. This, this is a sealed box. Okay, so I don't know how they're going to smoke, but I'm going to open them. I didn't want to do it on a show, obviously, either, but I am going to open them and go through it. So see how they smoke with 10 years of age on it. Well, I imagine they'll be pretty pretty excellent. You know, you, you never know, but... I'm not one of those people. Can you like vividly remember how a cigar tasted years later? Because I can't. I can't. Unless I have the review. Yeah, that's a good point. I guess yeah, unless I have the review, I everything. But <laughs> but it's you thought forever. But I kind of get that question a lot, right? Um, because if I don't, if I haven't reviewed it, like the original Avo Maduro before the thirties, I can't remember it that much. Mm. I, I don't have much of a memory with that. So unless I have it written, there's no way I can remember it. Yeah, I get some like broad stroke stuff and it's or like a little smell. Yeah. Like I, I remember exactly how the Espinosa Habano smelled in like 2013. I just remember there was this one like little nutty note. Yeah. Like overall flavors, I just can't. And then, you know, working actually everywhere that I have worked, you get the kind of, and I guess it's probably a general cigar thing, but like, ah, uh, these don't taste like they used to. Well, they, get, they, they, lose, they lose flavor after time. They will. Yeah, and I get that. And I think that what I was saying is more like the blend in general. Yeah. I, I think that there's some of that that's totally possible. And it is a live product. But part of me says, like, do you really remember? Like, do you how do you really remember what that exactly tastes like? Some people probably do. And I'm just being a jerk. Yep. But part of me is like, I can't really remember what that exactly tasted like. I, I, I could tell you if it was way off, but I don't know. Yep, yep. So, Jack, we always like to start with a first-time guest. Um, we want to recap their first time smoking a premium cigar. Okay. So, so I have not heard this story of your first experience with a premium cigar. I, I remember it pretty vividly um, because it was my 18th birthday. So I was a, I was a shitty little teenager. Um, and my family, it was a big deal because my, my grandma smoked and my dad chewed tobacco and they both quit. When I was a teenager, so it was like, hey, hooray, we're tobacco free. This is amazing. And I, as a teenager, was kind of like, you know, if you tell me to zag, I'll zig and vice versa. So as soon as I could, I went to, and I know exactly the name of the store because I just talked to somebody about it when I was last in Denver, but it was called, it was called Nickel Cigar and it was right by my house and they were closing, but I didn't know that they were closing. So they had this big giant humidor, but there was only one section and there was only a handful of sticks 
just like interspersed around. And I got a Gurkha something. It was kind of a shaggy foot. And I bought a corn cob pipe. Um, and I smoked the corn cob pipe on the drive home in my car, which, you know, <laughs> and I did, it made me so dang like, cause I didn't really know what I was doing. And then I didn't know how to smoke a cigar. So I went over to my friend's dad's house and we smoked a cigar and I must've smoked the entire cigar in about 14 minutes. Cause I thought it was just like a speed thing. <laughs> was like, Dude, you don't know what you're doing, but I kind of liked the ritual of it. So I went back and I bought a few cigars. And one of those cigars was a diploma at the time. I didn't know what it was, but it was, it was a diploma back then. Cause I just remember the wooden. Um, and I just remember thinking it was the coolest thing ever. And when I was 18, I wanted to open up a cigar shop, but when I retired, that was my plan. Right. Right. Which is kind of a lame, like if, as a, as like a teenager to be like, when I retire right. <laughs> and I'll do. Right. Um, and just coincidentally, I, I went up to college for a couple of years. Um, and around that time uh, I was, I had downloaded an app and I was kind of like rooting around and there was this one website that had done, they had reviewed a cigar lounge in Denver, which I thought was the funniest thing ever. I was like, why, like, who would ever review or do a cigar shop review of a cigar shop in Denver? So I downloaded their app and that was the Cigar Dojo. And uh, those guys are really great guys. And I was on the app and they were really friendly. And it turned out when I you know, came back home for the summer that they, where they lived and where I lived, it was about 20, yeah, 25 minutes apart. Um, so they would invite me over and, you know, kind of the rest is history. I call my cigar life, I call it failing upwards because I've never really, uh, I've never really been like, this is, I'm, I'm going to, I've just kind of been like, I like doing this. This is fun. I want to do more of this. And it just kind of has just, I've fallen ass backwards into, you know, where I am now. So you, you, you obviously, you, um, you started out in the dojo community. Yes, I was just a guy. I was just a okay. guy that was hanging out in the room. Um, and I, I go through a lot of different phases. Like, you know, in my, this, in, when I was in college, I was a big Ashton, Rocky, Alec Bradley guy. And then when the Dojo guys came around, I was big on the boutique Yep. And back then, um, I was doing a lot of like Nomad, Espinosa, any cool you know, boutique thing I could get my hands on. And I was just a guy in the studio um, and for, for like a long time. And then they just started inviting me on trips. Like, Hey, do you want to go to IPCPR? What's that? Sure. I'll go. And I was in the Espinosa booth at IPCPR trying to sell uh, at the time the dojo had a loyalty program, you know, and I just kind of thought it was a fun hobby thing. But, he had that little know. kiosk in the yeah, dojo. Yeah, yeah. Booth. Right. I remember yeah, yeah. that now. Yeah. So, you know, and Eric, Eric and Jordan, I owe those guys everything. They're so awesome. And so it was literally just like, you know, some idiot, you know, 21, 22 year old that was hanging around. Um, and at one point I actually was writing uh, cigar reviews for Blind Man's Puff, but I was so terrible at doing them with any sort of regularity that I don't know if I was fired or if I fired myself, but I just remember Aaron being like, Jack, you actually do have to smoke the cigars that we send you. Oh, I didn't know this story at all. <laughs> no, because I just remember um, it was like the winter time in Colorado. And it was so cold. And I was like, dude, I can't. <laughs> I was like, I can't figure out how I'm going to smoke these nine cigars. And I just remember one time Aaron calling me and just being like, hey, man, 
you do have to smoke them if we send you the cigars. Yeah. Like, if you can't manage it, we'll send you less. But, like, you, you have to actually review the cigars we send you. Yeah. So, so, so Aaron I, fired Jack from Blind Man's Puffle. No, 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 no. I think no. it, it could have been it could have been a bit or like a you know you know kind of like a a contract ending where we both kind of realized like hey we just we just didn't renew we just didn't <laughs> yeah, it's kind of like that I think we were both were just like well Jack we're sending you the cigars and you're not really smoking them and I was like I can't smoke all these cigars guys. But I, you know, I was, I was doing some review stuff for a while, um, you know, and then the dojo guys were sending me on trips or taking me on trips and they're like, hey, there you know, go. You were outbid, Aaron. <laughs> you got a place to stay. Yeah. You got a place to stay if you need it. Um, and, you know, we, I met guys like you and, and then just kind of a, a, a certain amount of time passed and my day job was like, Hey, we can't, you can't take just as many vacation days as you want. <laughs> and I was like, Oh no, I'll take unpaid time off then. And they're like, no, you can't, like, you can't just, yeah. <laughs> so then I quit. I just quit my job and I was like, I'll just get other jobs and then I'll do cigar stuff on the side. So I was just kind of, wow. I was doing some other, cause I just wanted more time to, you know, I'm like, if we, if Drew State invites us to go to Nicaragua, I'm not saying no. So Jack um, really left his job to go pursue other opportunities when he quit that job. Yeah, I was kind of, I actually just wanted <laughs> more time off. That was, that was during a period of my life. Uh, I was called Jackie Vacations. <laughs> <laughs> because I was just, I was just like, yeah, we'll go on the trip, whatever. Um, and then some time passed, and I was like, well, why am I doing all these? And I was like, maybe I could just get a cigar job. Um, and at that time, uh, Alec Bradley was looking for a rep on the West Coast, um, and I'd known those guys. You know, I knew a lot of the different manufacturers just from being around and going to these different things. Uh, so I called Bradley and Alec and just said, hey, you know. I'm interested. I don't even know if I would be a good fit or anything. And I talked to all the guys um, and they said, Hey, we're going to take a chance on you. So I flew out to California and started working out there. Um, and it, it was an eye opening and amazing experience. And the Alec Bradley guys are incredible. Um, and I was out on the, those, the outside sales reps in the cigar business. A lot of people don't realize what goes into that job and the kind of person it takes to be successful. Um, and it was it was super eye opening and incredible. Uh, and after, you know, I think I was only there for nine ten months. I just a little birdie told me, "Hey, Drew State's looking for a social media guy." I said, "Well, I, that might be." I, I think I think the birdie's in the room tonight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I think he's there. I was like, well, that, might be, that might be a good that might be a good fit for me. Um, and again, it was just kind of like, "Hey, I don't know if I would be a good fit." And I felt like it wasn't enough time. I was like, oh, this might be a little soon to be bouncing around, but uh, I I decided to go with it, and then boom, moved to Florida, and I was in Florida for a couple months, and COVID happened, and you know, it was just a really cool place to work at that time because there was a lot of really smart people that were coming up with cool ideas, and we did a bunch of fun stuff, and then you know, a few years fast forward, kind of a similar thing happened. I. Uh, I was just kind of poking around and I was just like, yeah, you know, it would be really cool to be out and about and like meeting with people. And I, I'd always said that, you know, Davidoff brand ambassador or working for Davidoff would be, you know, a dream of mine, but I never thought that, especially Camacho particularly, there's an interesting, you know, wrinkle to that story. I didn't think that that job would ever be open um, because George, my, my predecessor who is still with, da with Davidoff with Camacho was, was the, 
brand ambassador at the time. Um, and he transitioned roles to a kind of a more in-house role uh, that opened up. And I said, hey, I don't, I don't know if you – I can't think of anybody that would be a better that than me. You know, <laughs> So if you guys want, I'm, I'm interested. And I ended up almost a year ago, um, 11 months ago, uh, swapping over. And it's been the craziest, most amazing year of my life, traveling around, seeing everybody and doing everything. No, that's awesome. Jack, I'm going to go back for, for your yeah, thing. Yeah. I, I want to definitely fill some we holes can go, in. We can do the whole, yeah. Uh, no, no, this is good. So let's go back to Dojo for a second. Yeah. When did you become the co-host with Eric? How long did that take before you came the co-host with Eric? You know, I was just kind of like the uh, – I called myself like a little bit of the spark plug. I would just kind of like show up. At this time, not that I'm – I've grown up a little bit, but you know, at this time I was kind of really good at just shotgunning beers and hanging out and being the party starter. And, um, I was just kind of hanging around and we'd be doing something and I'd just tell a funny story. And there was one night and it's kind of Juan Cancel's fault. And it's because Juan Cancel that this all happened. I'm not surprised. This is is the, probably the least surprising story of all time. Um, Juan Cancel was doing the Port Authority, uh, charity funder. I don't know the exact name, but the one where he, no one, he couldn't get any of the guys to show up. Yeah, no. So everybody was there in New York for the event, but he said, Hey, we're going to call into the show and I'm going to have all the guys that are at my event on smoke night live. And this is a very one because one tested nothing. They had no internet. And then it was the time of the show. And it, we, you know, we call and Juan's got his cell phone front camera on just like regular service. This is like 2015 or something. Right. Like, you know, I so remember this. I do remember this. Yeah. Even now, if, if I called in on my phone, it wouldn't be great, but it wouldn't be the end of the world. But back right. then it was like unusable. So then Eric was like, dude, can you just like sit next to me and just, we just need to like, we need 15 minutes of something. So I kind of just did a little, you know, song and dance um at one point i you know put on a bunch of hats and pretended to be jonathan drew i pretended i was doing little impressions of people and it and eric like you know a few weeks later was just kind of like hey do you want to be on the show sometimes um and then after i think a few months after that after one of the trips he's like i want you to just be on the show like i want you to just be the number two on the show um and i was like sure man yeah i'm in and um, it, there's, it's well-documented, but it was so fun. And um, we, there's a lot of great moments and hilarious moments that came from that. Namely, the, you know, the most funny one is Robbie's poor dog. May he rest in peace. But uh, it was a great time. And, you know, throughout that time, I, I kind of got my chops. That was like my uh, right. the Beatles in Berlin or wherever they went to, to practice because it was just really good practice in uh, – you know, cigar broadcast and you get to meet a lot of people and you kind of learn how a show flows and where to find your place and how to keep things moving or how to, you know, dump out and move on to the next thing. Jack, did you have a background in college on doing shows? No, I just talk a lot. Wow. I have no background in it. I, now I have watched an infinite amount of sports and live broadcasting stuff and I hate the Dodgers. I hate the Dodgers so much, but I would watch Vin Scully just because I thought that what he did was incredible. Um, and you know, the way that he could just, and look, even now it's impressive yeah. to have one person in the booth doing everything and not it being boring. So I've always, 
thought that that was interesting, yeah. uh, and especially on the sports side, but I had no real experience in any of that stuff. And I just kind of like fell into it and I'm just kind of decent at bullshitting, which is important for this sort of thing and just kind of rolling with it, you know, cause right, if you have right. a tech thing or if you don't know something, you kind of just got to keep show must go on. Yeah. I get it. Yeah. So, you, you coop more than anybody. I, I didn't have any, have, I didn't have any either. More, but... I think you have more broadcast hours than Cronkite at this point. <laughs> Uh, just from the show the other night just from the yeah, show the other night oh my goodness yeah exactly Jack so another thing I, this, I just gotta say this is because I don't know if this has ever been said cigar media does not have a good track record of moving into full time jobs in the cigar industry and no. lasting <laughs> but now you ha- you are, you, you've, you've been continuous for five and a half years it was five or six years right Yeah, I, I, That's don't, a, I, don't... I don't know how many there's a, unless you count Saka who did it right yeah um, you know, there's not a lot of these types of guys who have had the, who have made the transition. So part of why, you know, why I'm very interested in, you know, obviously having the conversation is you, you, yes, you've moved around just for different situations. Yeah, yeah. You're getting your feet wet in different parts of the industry, but it is a good track record, Jack. It's one of the better ones is what I'm going to say. Yeah. Well, you know, I can't off the top of my head, think of a ton of, um, other examples, but you know, also, with cigar media specifically, I think it's interesting because I think a lot of cigar media are very talented and intelligent people that are able to make, you know, cover it professionally, but most everybody else has a full-time yeah. other yeah. gig. Yeah. And then I was unique enough that I just got in early enough and I really didn't have anything going for me or anything to lose, you know? So yeah. <laughs> I was like, uh, what, what, what's the worst that could happen? I'll just go back to doing exactly what I'm doing now. So uh, the, a lot yeah. of other people like, you know, like you coop yourself, you are a very successful, you know, business person. Um, and for you to get a job in the cigar industry full time would be an insane personal choice. Uh, you make know, no money. I'd make no yeah, money. Unless, unless you're <laughs> retired or something. Mm-hmm. So I think that's a good example of it. And then two, you know, there's, I just have been lucky to be at the right place at the right time. A lot of times it's yeah. difficult. I tell people, a lot of people ask me like, oh, how do you do, how do you break into the scar industry? And I was like, well, I was just lucky because I was just doing it for fun and not expecting to get paid for a long time right. before I even realized that you could get paid doing right. it. And then when I did start, you know, I was in the cigar industry, the cigar isn't, industry isn't the greatest place to become wildly wealthy you know unless no. there's like 10 guys that are really really ball and and everybody else just likes doing it and you know a lot of people make good money i'm not saying we don't but i'm just saying you know on the whole i would say if you wanted to become wildly successful you know software or something else <laughs> you know the other thing is like i've seen when people get their first job in the cigar industry um you kind of went to a very established company um, Alec Bradley, and yeah. th- again, there's very few who made that type of move. I've seen people get go to a small company. Yeah, rep job. With that's a, usually like a small that's boutique usually or something the, like that. yeah. I that's why I call it failing upwards coop because yeah. very rarely do you go from you know blogger to brand ambassador in you know five years. It's yeah, very. Yeah. it's very crazy. Yeah, it is, and and I'm gonna be really honest with you, Jack. I was shocked by the hire, not because I didn't think you had the ability, 
But Alec Bradley had a very much of a – there was a suit and tie company. Yes. You weren't a suit – I mean, I remember no. you're, you're, you're wearing toner T-shirts down in, in – in, Yes. But, but, <laughs> but you made the transition well into this. I saw you. I was a pretty solid rep. And I think that the accounts that, that I had at the time would tell you that. Yeah. Um, I'm not the greatest sales guy because if I don't believe it, you know, I'm not – but I was a great uh, like account manager. The only issue was that I don't think Alec Bradley needed necessarily a, a great account manager at the time. I think they were really looking for a great sales. Guy. Right, right. Um, but I really liked it. Uh, and it's the, the lifestyle that you have, um, especially when you're at a company or at a place like Alec Bradley. I don't think that they would tell you any, any otherwise, but they are super strong on the East Coast, you know, Northeast, super yeah. strong. They have really great reps in Florida, you know, in the South. Um, and California is just a big market and it's very strange. In California, Arizona, Nevada, all of it mm -hmm. doesn't really behave like anywhere else. So there was some strongholds yeah. for sure, but they, it was, it was difficult and it's hard to, you know, bop around to four or five guys a day that aren't not, they're not, not looking forward yeah. to seeing you, but they're not necessarily, yeah. you know, stoked to, have you there so it was it was a great uh teaching in the cigar business and it taught me a lot about just what people are doing especially then the transition into marketing because on the marketing side you're like oh you know you're always like oh we, you know yeah. we're gonna put uh we're gonna put a chip inside the cigar that'll tell us if it's burning too hot and then <laughs> but the cigar will be 38 dollars and then i'm just thinking about the guy in arizona that bought cigars nine years ago and they still haven't sold i'm like okay it's yeah. nice to have that yeah. perspective. Yeah. And then you did the whole Lars Keaton road tour, which uh, yeah. was, had to be a learning that experience. Was, that was – I've said that after after I am done, I'm going to write a book about just that <laughs> week because he is – he texts me He texts me every holiday. He texts me a nice graphic of whatever the most recent holiday is. And, you know, Lars was an enigma. Well, he still is just an absolute enigma. Yeah. Um, and with him, I, it's just so tough to, I was like, I was like, man, this guy is the most like in, interesting case study of a person I've ever seen because he had a big impact on the business. You know, he's been around for a long time. Yeah. I'm 90, I'm seriously 99% sure he dated Liv Tyler at one point, which is not nothing. Right. And it's, you kind of try to piece all that together. Um, and that that cowboy song is it's carved into the other side of my skull, and I love. It. I do love put, we have, we have a live performance of him doing it on one of our shows, by the way. Yeah, I think or, that I I don't even know how to play the guitar. I think if you put a guitar in front of me, I can play the song. Yeah, so embedded yeah. in your soul. Yeah, so I was out. I was around for that, um, and that was uh, that was crazy. Um, yeah. And that trade show, I mean, he, he had a big impact. Yeah. And I couldn't I couldn't decide what to make of him because he did just do things in a very specific way. Like we had a he's like, I want to have a security guard. And we had a security guard. It was this big uh I don't know if it was Jersey Joe or what his Joe was his name, but he had it was some city. It was Jersey Joe, I'll call it, but I think he was from Pittsburgh. But he was this giant guy who had a shirt that said security, you know. And <laughs> he was instructed to not let anybody in before opening the door and checking. And Lars might not have had anything going on in there. <clears throat> Sorry, I'll clear my throat. But he might not have had anything going on in there. But he would make people wait for a couple minutes, no matter what. You know? yeah. And it kind of created this like air of importance. And it kind of worked. People were like, why the hell am I waiting to see this guy? What the heck? 
happened at the trade show, I remember too. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And then of course, you know, the, the ESPN uh draft night moment was uh Yeah, that was that, that was, was incredible. incredible. And I, that was right when I started um, Raiders pick, right? It was a Raiders <clears throat> pick. It was right when I started at literally my first trip to Vegas right. as I worked for Alec Bradley. And I'm in my blazer and it's a zillion degrees, and I'm sitting there watching the draft. And I'm at the Davidoff um on the strip there. Um, I'm just talking to one of the managers um, and I see that the Raiders, they have a really early pick. And one of my buddies texts me, dude, you're in Vegas. The Raiders are having like a live pick thing. And this was right after they traded Khalil Mack. So they had three first round picks, right? They had like four, 10 and 20, whatever. So like, you should go over there. So I was like, no, it's fucking, I'm going to go. there." So I, <laughs> I literally in my thing head over there Um and I go into this bar, and it's a smoking sports bar. And I was expecting it to be jammed. Now, this was before the Raiders moved to yeah. Vegas. Right. They was for Oakland. Yeah, okay. Yeah, so there's there's 12 people in this bar. It's me and 12 other people. I thought it was going to be jammed at the gills. So then everyone's like, what are you doing here? Everyone else, Raiders this, Raiders that. <laughs> I'm wearing a freaking checkered, <laughs> checkered dress shirt and a blazer. Right. And I'm I'm a big Broncos fan, you know. So this is behind enemy lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I start pulling out every John Madden, Stabler, Howie Long, love the Raiders. <laughs> oh, I gotta, we gotta pick this guy. I don't want any, you know. And and I just remember trying to position myself in a very particular way, <laughs> and you couldn't tell when it was rolling. Uh, so so the video, I just kind of do this. Yeah, yeah, like that you could, people, uh, could get your arms up in the blazer. I remember that, yeah. <laughs> a lot of people said that uh, I, I was cheering like a, a fan in a video game. <laughs> like, they just yeah. like, stock, like. And then I literally made a point to, uh, on my, I looked it up on Twitter, like, blazer cigar guy. And every tweet was like, who was that douchebag in a blazer <laughs> at the Raiders bar? <laughs> And the worst part, the absolute worst part, was for the second – well, they, they picked Josh Jacobs. And for their last pick, I ordered a pitcher of beer, and I tried to chug the entire pitcher during their pick. They did not air the footage at all. So I just drank, like, <laughs> half of a pitcher of beer and gave myself a stomachache for absolutely zero reasons, you know, <laughs> which is probably good. I don't know if that footage would have been, you know. Right, right. I don't know if we needed that out there, but yeah, that did was. They know that you was were, like, did they know you were a cigar guy when you were in there at that point? Um, I, I think I was handing out Prensados and I was really trying to like get the band on there. And I texted right. Bradley. I texted Bradley. I was like, dude, I'm about to be on ESPN. And I think I'd worked for Alec Bradley for like 11 days. Oh, so wow. Like, yeah, it was oh early. I God, they're like, this kid's a star. This <laughs> 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 kid's been here for. A cup of coffee, and he's on ESPN smoking a Prince out. Now I didn't do anything close to that the entire time, but I would give that piece of advice to a you know a new employee: try to get on ESPN as quick as possible, and then you know it'll kind of cover up for bad sales numbers, you know. Uh. <laughs> Afterwards. Oh, but you made your way to then you made your way into the Drew State job. Um, yeah. So so at the at the end of. Uh, 2019, Papa Joe, uh, Joe Grow brought me in, um, and I moved from California to Miami, um, and I started, and it was at the very beginning, it was so funny. I, I love Jonathan Drew, and he works like the devil. Um, the first day, I did not know what to wear 
And I'm like, Drew Estate, you know, you think about Drew Estate, you see him at the trade show or whatever. Right. It's got a very specific look, but it's also your first day of the job, you know, so right. you don't want to. So I showed up to my interview in a full suit, which I thought was appropriate, and I got some shit. I was like, <laughs> I've seen Jonathan in a full suit at trade shows. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, just, yeah. you know, I've seen it. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. But, you yeah. know, I was just kind of like, so I, Joe at that point, when I had visited Joe at the Drew State office, because I'd been to the office before when I was just a Cigar Dojo guy, he was, that was in his, like, basketball shorts and flip-flops era. But then when I saw him, he was wearing, like, pants and shoes and, like, a polo shirt. So, right. like, okay, pants and shoes and a polo shirt. So I show up, and Joe and I are wearing the same thing. And JD was like, who is this guy? What are you, what are you guys like? Mini me? What's going on here? <laughs> and then he goes, Hey, don't ever wear that shirt again. And I was like, Oh, and he goes, all right, try not to get in trouble kid. And I was like, you either old man. And I thought that we had like a funny thing going on. Right. I don't think he liked me. After that. I think he was like, <laughs> How is this guy? And I know that because, you know, like months and months later, um, you know, we're sitting down and this is after we'd done some, we'd had some successes and, you know, we some time had passed. He's like, Jack, I got to tell you, man, you're doing great. Uh, at first, I didn't really like you. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, I had no idea. He's like, nah, yeah, you're, you're kind of an obnoxious guy, but we made through. You're, you're great. Glad you're here. But that was, yeah, it was a, it was such a fun and different place to work. Drew Estate is a very, it's cool. It's kind of like a, Kind of like the fantasy factory, uh, you know, where there's just, you can just kind of, there's a, here's the goal and just let's make it happen. No, it's, it, it's very, uh, very, you know, you, you moved there. I thought the, the highlight, you, first of all, you came in right in the middle of COVID, right? So that had to be a challenge. Yeah, I was just doing regular social media stuff. Um, and then COVID happened. And at that time they had done event campaigns, just kind of like now where they had swag that would roll out and they wanted to do the, the year of the rat was going to come out at the same time as this league of Provada swag. And the, uh, the lawyer at Drew estate, uh, who's still there. I think he's now he's the chief. I met him. I met him. Rich, I know. Yeah. He's... Down in Nicaragua. Yeah. We're, yeah. We're in Nicaragua last year. Yeah. Great guy. Um, yep, absolutely. It was like, hey, we should do we should do something digital. You know, we're all in COVID. We should do like a a million man herf or something. And we're like, okay, let's see what that would look like. And then we we started to kind of like a team of us started to kind of come up with what would then be freestyle live. Um, and they were like, all right, well, Jack, you've done some podcasty stuff, so can you help us set up the pod? You know, like the whatever. And our IT guy is still there. I uh, was like, okay, I can handle all the tech stuff. And they're like, well, who's going to host it? And I was like, well, Pedro. And Pedro's like, I don't want to. Pedro's like, I'll be, I'll be a good guest, but I don't really want to host it. Um, and they were kind of like, ugh. Uh, and I was like, I can do it. I was like, I don't really know if that's my job title, but I can do it. Um, and we did the first one. That was a smashing success. Um, and then we, I think we did another one. And then we decided, all right. Trade this it was around when trade show time was. What if that's just how we release the cigars too? Yeah. Um, release the cigars and then the packs at that same time. And it's kind of been a revelation. I mean, at the time, the first handful were crazy. And then we started just slowly giving away bigger and bigger and bigger things. And, you know, Aaron's got the blackened background. That show was the last freestyle live that I did. And it about, killed me because we had such high stakes. And then when the show was happening, there was a hurricane in Florida 
And I kid you not, as we were airing it, uh, the power went out and we were all plugged into just one generator. Wow. So the entire world was dependent on the. They were doing them actually live then. They were doing them live. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I know they record them now. Yeah, but yeah. Server generator, um, and I was like, man, this it was it was pretty awesome. Um, and doing the uh, that kind of parlayed into me to being the host of the uh, barn smokers, which was super fun. And I learned that you know being this is not very stressful to me because it's just like you know even if there was. 10 million people watching. It's just kind of the, the guys talking, you know, it's not really like there's anybody I'm in a room, you know, by myself, but when you have like, when you're on an actual physical stage and there's actual physical people in front of you, I was like, Oh shit, I think I'm really terrified of this. <laughs> and you don't really know, you know? So it was, it was a very awesome. It, it still is a very awesome place to work. Um, and I was so lucky to have done all of that stuff. Um, and kind of at the end of my residency there, I was just kind of see, feeling like, I was like, yeah, maybe I'll just just see what else is out there. And I reached out to Dylan Austin, and I just this was months and months before I left. But I just kind of sent over my resume. And I said, hey, if you guys ever have something that you think that I would be that would be a good fit for me, here's my resume. So it's just you don't have to look for it, you know that type of thing. Um, and at the end of last year, I get a call from Lana, and I get a call from Eddie. And they're like, hey, we think there might be something happening, but it's one of those things where we don't know if it's going to happen until it happens type of thing. But if it does happen, would you be willing to talk about, you know, that sort of thing? And the, um, the end of the year happens, um, and I'm like, ah, I just don't know. I did an interview, but I didn't know if it was actually going to happen. Um, so I sign a lease in Miami, a 13-month lease. Okay, great. Um, you know, my girlfriend and I, are, at, girlfriend at the time, were living together. Sign a lease. And the day after I signed this 13-month lease, I get a call from Eddie G. Hey, man, it's happening. You're the guy. Are you in? I go, yes, but I just signed a 13-month lease and finished moving all of my stuff. Is that going to be an issue? He goes, no, we'll figure it out. So this this last year, I started in February, um, and I did you know 50 events, a trip to Honduras, Saw a bunch of cigar shops all over and was still in Miami and just at the end of last year moved on over to St. Pete and uh, yeah, I'm settled and ready for the next, next phase. You know, I asked you earlier on about um, if you had training in, in broadcast media because the work you did with Freestyle Live Jack was incredible. And I, and I know I've kidded around, I've called you like uh, – uh, Walter Cronkite, you know, or Jim McKay, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. uh, Jim, but you, you, you handled that host role, and some of those were very complex things you were doing. Like it, it's not like there was yeah, one show. Go back and watch the first one because we had eighteen new products. You had all insane. those new products. You had different people broadcasting from different locations. Yeah. You had JD. You had also, and, and you know, so that's the, you we had, had a bartender that. pouring drinks. You had a bartender pouring. That's a nightmare. Remember, but you're like, let's go to Jeff and Tanya at the warehouse in yeah. Corona, and you and and Jack, you you did a great job. I mean, I could never have done that. I mean, I'm just that well, was. I always said, I always said, you guys, this is kind of a nightmare. If I yeah. have to be the one, if I have to be the straight one in the whole thing, I was like, <laughs> this is not a good situation. I was like, I should. I put me on the edge and let me be the wacky one. I was like, what the hell are we doing and it was, here? Was exactly. Like, but that was what the other thing I thought that was interesting. You were kind of the wacky guy. You did some of the wacky yeah. stuff on Dojo, right? Um, this was a different 
like a different persona I saw with you with this. And, it, and you well, were doing it was, it it was, was nice <laughs> too because Coop, you know, as you know, in this business, if you're you can only be crazy for so long yeah. until you're just a crazy person. Right. So it was kind of nice to be to, to at least have demonstrated video evidence of competence. Yeah. I thought that that was nice to put out there. And I always yeah. said, you know, it's good at, at your job if people know what you're doing, at least for some period yep. of time. So I always thought that was nice where it was yep. like, people were like, you, do you just do freestyle live? <laughs> no, I do. That's like six hours of the year. And then the, yeah. you know, prep for it, but it's good that you have that one, you know? Yep. Absolutely. It's like so if you're you, the person that's in charge of emailing like lunches here, at least people are like, see your name popping <laughs> yeah, up. Right. You know, it's good to yeah. be, in the, yeah. it's going to be at the top of the inbox. Right. Right. So you're at Davidoff now. Um, yeah. and is your primary responsibility Camacho? Yeah. So I'm the, I'm the Camacho brand activation manager. Um, but for all intents and purposes, that's, that's kind of, jargony for i'm the camacho brand ambassador so what that's looked like this year is a little bit of this a little bit of what we're doing now uh, but mostly going out and doing in-store events um, and then what it'll look like next year is i'll do the same kind of event load and in-store activity a little more multi-vendors then i'll do our, our factory tours next year so right, right. all things camacho is my is my dominion yeah. and my domain no, but I know you 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 had your hands in some other things. I know I actually had to call Jack on a press release once, and, yeah, Jack, yeah, took, yeah. and Jack took care of it. By the way, I gotta say that a little, I, I still owe Aaron a little a little something something. But there's that's a little bit more of just like I, I've tried to also because what I'm doing now is very yeah. it's kind of the opposite side of the coin of what I was doing at Drew Estate. So I'm right. trying not to too much dip into anybody else's pool right. and help where possible. But I'm kind of more. Um, you know, the brand ambassador side and just doing out and about stuff. And I'm happy to do so because it's totally opposite oh. of the digital world where all you're doing is dealing with people <laughs> from one side of a screen. And now I'm on the other side. And Jack's saying it. that, but when he got that message from me complaining about a press release, <laughs> he's like, oh, he's if I hear the words press release out of coop, that's a nine alarm. Fine. <laughs> that's, that's going straight to the. That probably it, got it was a nine one. It was, yeah, it, it was basically nine one one, and he took care of it, right? I guess say Coop, that. If I know anything about you, is that you know, if there's one I, way to get on the naughty list, it's to <laughs> screw up a press release. But you took be, care of it. He took can't care of it. It was. I really appreciate it. you. Did take care of it. And you also, yeah, so, so it was all good. I appreciate. It. Um, and you had a big. It was a big year, I guess, to come into Camacho. Because Camacho added a, uh, you know, added the Broadleaf this year, so that was a big, yeah, big. It was relief. nice to have a new core line. It hadn't happened in a few years. Yeah, yeah. Um, so that was a good time to come factory, in. The factory unleashed series, um, and it was kind of nice too because we we changed a lot this year, so it kind of felt like, in some ways, a fresh start, and in some ways, kind of like a continuation of the the core messaging and the heart of the issue. So it was it was kind of nice. It felt like a clean slate. Um, yeah, man, everybody was, it was an incredible year, especially when you get to go out and talk to people in person, really right. see, cause you know, you can only learn so much from a spreadsheet or, you know, just, just the facts. And it's very important to pay attention to what the numbers are saying, but you know, to actually see the evidence of the good, the bad, the ugly is very important. So I kind of see myself as not only a brand ambassador, but the kind of the eyes and ears of the brand team and the marketing team for Camacho and, you know, anything else 
along the lines because with any cigar or cigar right. company or cigar store, it's so it's like every there's like a little microclimate for every brand store thing. It's so interesting this business because it is very nuanced and old school. And it's also very, yeah. you know, trend driven and people like the new stuff. So it's cool to go out and actually see cigar shops. And I love nothing more, Coop. And I think that's kind of why we're kindred spirits. I love nothing more than sitting on my butt and smoking a cigar and complaining about stuff and hearing people complain about stuff. <laughs> yeah. And it's just, it's cathartic. <laughs> it's it, that's best. why we do what we do, right? It's the best. So, you know, I mean, that's that's the greatest thing. So yeah. my my go to in a cigar shop if conversation kind of dries up is I just start with this. I go, so what's what's real estate like around here? Pretty good, I imagine, right? right. Every no matter where you live, no matter where you right. live, ah, it's unbelievable. Right. But you know, yeah, no, Camacho. I mean, it was a little over ten years ago they did the big rebrand, and Camacho had a huge boost. And there were new products introduced, but you know, you get to a point where I guess you can't keep introducing a new product every year, to, uh, you know, for the for the brand. So I kind of um, see. You, I mean, this is, I guess it, that's got to be a little bit of a challenge now. You got to get people interested, in getting away maybe from the what's new, and smoking. Hey, this is what's good. This is what we have to offer here. So how how do you deal with that challenge as far as that goes? Yeah, I think to sum it up too, it's like when that when that rebrand happens, you get a bunch of you get a bunch of people that jump ship or go, you know, as soon as you change anything. Right. Anything. If you change the packaging on the cups at McDonald's, people are gonna go, ah, nah. yeah. you know, but you change, you lose some people, but we gained a lot of new people, you know, a lot of people that wouldn't have seen it. And now, you know, we a lot so many people have identified with just the iconography and the symbology and the colors. That I get a lot of people that aren't really, you know, what we would consider hardcore cigar smokers. Right. Like, uh, I met people that I'm, I'd say, oh, I work for Camacho. Oh, is that the one with the scorpion? I like the red one. That's kind of the whole, that's kind of the whole genesis right. of the project. I mean, and, and, but you get to that point where, you know, 10 years later in a business that's always, you know, what's, what do you go, when you come into the Davidoff booth, you're not like, how, how are those, you know, how are those Camacho Connecticut smokers? You're like, what's new? You know, what's right. what's going on, or what's you right. know, when you're when you're meeting with anybody, you're you you always want to figure out what the next latest and greatest is, and it, it you kind of reach a point where people maybe have forgotten about what you were known for. So yeah. it's been nice for me because I come into it with no preconceptions, or you know, I I just have my memories of the cigars that I've smoked and my feelings about Davidoff and Camacho and in general. And it's been great because the thing that I get, the comment that had come up the most is just like, man, I forgot how much I liked this. And that's kind of the name of the game. That's why we're all running around right. is to try to reintroduce right. or introduce these sticks to, to, you know, the, the masses and get people to retry some of their favorites. I think you guys have done a really, and I want to dive into a couple areas you guys have done a very good job with this, right? And I think we've talked to Aaron. We may have talked about one of these things on the show. Well, first of all, before I get to that, you were a Camacho smoker beforehand. I mean, I I mean, I remember you know you got the your fame for getting the tattoo, but you yeah. were a Camacho smoker beforehand. I I seen you on your dojo days. You smoked a lot of Camacho. Yeah, so that, I always liked. I always kind of liked um, Honduran cigars. I like Nicaraguan cigars. I kind of always compared like 
I don't know which one would be which in this analogy, but like there's this time of year where I always drink hot coffee and there's a time of year where I always drink cold coffee. When I lived in a place that was cold, it was pretty easy to define yeah. now that I'm in Florida, but there's just a time for, and with, with Nicaraguan cigars, I always liked the pepper and the spice character. Yeah. And with Honduran cigars, I always really liked the earthy, you know, notes and the, that, that flavor. And that's why I'd smoked, you know, Alec Bradley in the past. I smoked a lot of Rocky and smoked a lot of Camacho. Um, and I always liked and appreciated Camacho, not only the strength of it, you know, but the, uh, there's a lot of subtle, delicious flavor and, and Honduran tobacco, I think is excellent. You know, I, I think there's a place for everything. Um, but I'd always loved Honduras in general, the, the tobacco. So it was nothing new to me. Um, that was amplified a lot when I went down and toured the factory also, you know, the factory, at the time, I mean, I, when I went, it was 2017. Um, and I just went back this year for the first time. And it looks the exact same. I mean, it's, it's immaculate. You were there when the new factory opened, though, right? You, you, you yes, right, right when I the new factory opened. Yeah, I haven't visited the factory yet. I got, I've been to Honduras, but I haven't visited the new factory yet. We'll, we'll remedy that at some point, I'm yeah. certain. Um, uh, yeah, and you have to be there. I, I, I have to yeah, be there with you. I wouldn't, I wouldn't let you <laughs> enter the country unless I was <laughs> no a personal but, escort. But it, yeah, it was. I, I was always a Camacho guy, an appreciator of Honduran tobacco. Yep, and that's only been amplified throughout the years. And obviously, you know, famously yep. with my upper buttocks tattoo that is right, right, forever right. bonded me to this brand. <laughs> yeah, regardless of my opinions yeah. of the tobacco. I want to say sometime in between when you were with Dojo, when you came to Davidoff, there was a point where the Dojo set up this like Camacho community. I can't yes. remember. What's the name of it? Um, yeah, Camp Camacho. It's Camp Camacho. Like, it's, it's, so it's, it's like a, it, still, but it still, still exists. Alive, it's yeah. still live. Um, it's a separate Camp Camacho, Camacho focus group that exists within and outside of the Dojo verse. And there are some like, I mean, my buddy Barry, I think he told me that he smoked like 250 Camachos last year. There are some seriously hardcore Camacho smokers, and it's kind of a nice meeting of the two worlds. I thought it was a brilliant move that, that was made. I thought that was a great way to, to create a Camacho. I thought it was one of the best moves I've seen a company make in a brand. Uh, you you, yeah. you reached out to a whole new probably a whole new area of smokers you were reaching that you weren't able to reach before. I thought it was a great move when that happened. Yeah. And it's kind of nice that it exists outside of Facebook. I, um, I spend too much time on Facebook. Um, but you know, we, you kind of, you kind of run into the same thing where there's, you know, 8,000 groups and they all kind of are fighting for the same people. Yep. And I do love, you know, I love my Facebook time. Mostly Coop, I love my Facebook time for harassment of you specifically. Or oh, and, and uh, the Jim. Kids. By the way, your buddy Jim, man. He's he's a real pistol, isn't he? Listen, I didn't know he was your buddy. And I said, who is this? Like, I, I was really nasty to him. Then when you told me he was your buddy, I'm like, dude, why didn't you tell me you were Jack's buddy? I, I don't know if I, I – I wanted to see how it panned out. I didn't know. Oh, I was ready to, yet. like, bring this guy's neck. And, I, and he, he – this guy, uh, Aaron, I don't know if you know, he, he basically will basically – Anti anything I say, especially with trolls. I don't know if he uh, trolls Coop um, religiously. Um, no, but I didn't know. And I'm like, dude, you didn't. You should have told me you were Jack's guy. I'm like, it's cool. I'm like, it's, I was not nice to him at first. So I'm like, who is this guy? 
He's a lunatic. It's yeah, funny no, because no, he's a great guy. I, I, I like uh, about ninety percent. We we were in the same fantasy baseball league, and right. about ninety percent of our texts were about our weird fantasy baseball league. And now, I swear, Coop, about eighty-five percent of them are like, "Did you see what Coop's on about today?" And I'm like, "No, I haven't." <laughs> it's like I had my own Coop well, news. It, it was Gabe. He really got me on the Gabe Kapler stuff. I mean, if anyone like really <laughs> wanted to, it was him. And he, he, not one detail will get this guy by. Yeah, he's on the spectrum somewhere. I don't know where, but he's, he's definitely, <laughs> I think he has post alerts for your stuff. But I mean, Coop, I have always appreciated the very specific, like, space of opinion that you have where you can really get some people fired up. I mean, <laughs> I, your, your coaching takes, it seems like, you know, and I don't know that I disagree with you or agree with you on these things. But if you're a 900-year-old NFL head coach that's been fired four times, it's your Coop's favorite coach. It yep. seems like – like, did you know Jim Caldwell personally or, like, what's yeah, – Well, you know, he uh, – you... <laughs> I didn't. I would like to meet him. It's <laughs> so only kind of further get, proof. You know, you're, you're, you're a coaching guy. You know, I, 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 I am really – I mean, I, I make no bones about it. I am very much into it. I just – I get can't get enough of it. Um, I overdo it. I'm the first one to admit it. I love it. Um, you know, it was funny last week. Our sports, we have a sports question coming up in a little bit. Last week, the sports question was what happened on this day on January 4th. Right. And it was the most, it's the most important sports day on the calendar for me of the year. It's the day Charlie Manuel was born. Okay. And it's the day Tom Coughlin was unceremoniously fired from the Giants. <laughs> Every year you light a candle. January 4th <laughs> is like a big day. Yeah. From- and I kept quiet the whole day because I wanted to see if Aaron can get the qu- – he actually – I think he got it. Um, But uh, I wanted to see if he could get it. Like I just kept quiet the whole day on social media with it because I wanted to see if Aaron could get that question. So, that wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, we had Pete Johnson. He's like, what the f-? – yeah, he's like <laughs> – <laughs> yeah. What is this? what are yeah. you guys talking about? Yeah. Jack Camp Camacho. Um yeah. how do folks how do folks get how do folks go to Camp Camacho? Uh what can they expect at Camp Camacho? Just, just maybe give a little idea of that. Camp Camacho is our, you know, version of of it's it's just a tour of our cigar factory, but it's we really try to focus on like really amping it up and making it just right. like mostly fun. I think that most of the memories are things people talk about when they do the Camacho tour are non cigar related, which would kind of seem like a bad thing, but it's yeah. an incredible thing because they, it's not like they're not seeing the, the excellent work we do in the factory and the farms. Um, it's just that we really want to focus on the experience of being down in Honduras and enjoying our wonderful factory in the guest house. And, and that's kind of what Camacho is about. It's like, you know, the whole brand, the whole everything of where we're at now, it's like, look, we're owned by Davidoff. Trust that the cigar part is taken care of. Right. You you don't have to worry about that. Light it up. Let's have a good time. And that's kind of the that's kind of where we're at. Where it's like this. It's that personified in the tour. You're gonna smoke a ton of cigars. You're gonna eat way too much. You're probably gonna drink way too much. Yeah. Um, and it's gonna be unforgettable, incredible experience. This year we're adding an extra day. It's it's a Monday through Friday thing. I think um, that's a good move. I always think the four-day thing's a little too short. Well, and it's hard, Coop, because we moved the – I don't know when the last time we went to Honduras is, but you don't fly into Tegucigalpa. No, anymore, it's a longer – tri- I heard which this Which is from, good and it's uh, bad because the Tegucigalpa yeah. airport was very scary. 
Um, but you have the now it's Comiagua, which is another, you know. But it's much further out, maybe. I heard. Yeah. It's well, it just depends, you know. On those those roads, it's like seems like every six minutes, you know, a car flips over, and then it's like, oh, you know, yeah, I we're know. gonna actually have to hike up this mountain and then come. No, I'm just kidding. If you're on the tour, no, but I've been really on, fun. I've been on, I've been on those roads. I know to Don. Yeah, Lake. it takes a little while. So this this year, um, it's mostly retailers that are going. In years past, we've had spots open to the general public. Um, we're taking retailers this year, kind of making up for a couple that we owe. And um, right, right. So in in the future, I'm not sure if we'll have them open to the public again. Uh, the best way, the most likely way to go is bug your retailer and get a group of friends together and try to get your store to go because that's at this point it's kind of hard for us to do you know a million of these tours because we want them to be in depth um, and you know there's only so much manpower to go around. I mean, back in the, I think Pedro told me that in like 2015 or something, they did like 45 tours or something ridiculous like that. Um, and I don't think that'll ever be repeated that so volume. I was on, I was on the last of those tours and they booked the tour. They booked it Memorial day weekend, Wow! which, which the holiday isn't the problem. The problem There's is the weather. The, the yeah, weather is no the problem. Yeah. It rained. It rained nonstop. Yeah, so it's it's just with, with yeah. this year, I'm super excited. For me, it's it is like a very crazy experience to be now I, I'll be leading the tours this year. Um George is coming down with me. It's George Rami, it's kind of his baby. So, you know, I'm gonna try to steward it and shepherd it in good hands. But you know, it's for me it's super cool because a lot of people this might be the only time they ever get to go to see a cigar factory so yeah. it's super important to me to be able to one make sure everybody has a good time but two make sure that you know the focus is on you know this incredible experience and seeing how the sausage is made you know literally right um so i'm, I'm really excited and honored yeah. to that it's something i take really seriously to be able to i think it's kind of hilarious um for me to you know, look back when I was 18 years old being like, oh, maybe I'll do some cigar stuff. And now me to be, you know, leading yeah. the cigar factory tour. Um, but, you know, if you're down there on the tour, I can, I can shepherd you around. And we have Manuel who runs the factory who actually, you know, hmm? he, he's taken everybody around and shown them the ropes. So. Right, right. Um, what, did you, what is George doing now? What's his role now? George does a lot of in-house stuff. He does... A lot of stuff on the digital side, content side, and then helps with some of the brand planning and activation stuff. Got so, it. got it. The opposite side of the coin, but he's still. I mean, George has been around so long that he. Yeah. You know, when you've been at a when you've worked for a place forever. Yep. And you just slowly pick up. He does like seventy five different things. Wow. So, wow. Uh, he's he's still a very integral part of our team, and actually, the first person I call, whenever I'm like, "Hey, whatever," he's like, "Yeah, we had the same thing happened in 2013." I had <laughs> right, right. He has some incredible stories of the of the Camacho's past. When he when he started, um, he did a road tour and he didn't have a CDL, and the amount of weight that he was towing was technically over the weight. So he got pulled over like three times. He told me one time he got a he was stuck in Arizona or something. And they he, were he doing like, that bit. Yeah, I remember yeah, they were doing the light yeah. him up tour. Yeah, the yeah. light him so up tour. Like my, yeah, because that came to Charlotte. Not the Charlotte came to North Carolina. Went up yeah, to Havana so Hills. Yeah. Eddie G is is Hefe. He's the boss, and and George is Sensei. He's like my spiritual guide, and you yeah. know, with, yeah. with those yeah. two around, I cannot right. fail. And you got to right. have on um, 
Have you ever met our Davidoff brand ambassador, Alex Wegcorn? I want to meet him. Um, I, you know, I definitely want to meet him. Yeah, got to have him on the show. He's, yep. he's the best. We will we'll talk. Yeah, uh, yeah I've been, he, I, I've seen him speak at. I saw him speak at a couple of things actually on Facebook. He is like he yeah, is, he's very knowledgeable. Yeah, he's a great Davidoff brand ambassador because he knows a lot and takes his job incredibly seriously. Not saying that I don't. I just think that I'm a better Camacho fit. Right. Right. I both love my job and take it seriously, but in a yeah. very yeah. Different. You know, we love we love them differently. Yeah. Do you have Avo responsibility or no? No, we had a um, so Avo last year we had a event scheduled that was was a live music kind of listening room. Um, so we had a DJ travel and do all these amazing events. And right now in the future, I don't really know um, if we will have a specific person representing Avo. I know that it won't be me. Um, so we don't right now have an Avo. Brand ambassador activation manager. Because I thought the move that Davidoff's making with Avo this year, it's a definite change in direction. Um, but they're going with the music theme, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, so yeah, um, the, D the DJ D Nice. Um, DJ D Nice, which is um, yeah, and that's a completely different direction. I see them taking Avo this year. It was, uh, I mean, I'm really excited for the project. I have not tried anything yet, um, but I think it's going to be pretty successful. And, and it's one of those things where, you know, with, with a partnership like this, you're only as successful as, you know, the partnership's only as successful as the team working together. So, you know, D-Nice, -D actually Eddie's in the Dominican right now with DJ D-Nice working on, some material for this and getting everything ready. So he has been super yeah. involved. And I think that that's, that's the only way something like this can work is if, if both parties are, you know, it's not, it's not like he's just, you know, sitting around. This is a really passion project for everybody involved. And Eddie's been, you know, working on this and we're so excited for this to see the light of day. I think it's a good, I think it's a good shot for Avo on the arm, so to speak, you know, it, it's going to, I think you're going to reach a whole new audience with that too. Uh, yeah, sorry. and it's 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 kind of with Avo. You know, I feel like a lot of people know it in a lot of different ways, and it's difficult too because Avo, you know, Avo the man, yeah. was such a legend in his own right. Yeah, um, and Avo the cigars are so incredible in their own right. Yeah, I'm um, trying to capture both of those and pair them together. Um, can be challenging, but yeah. it's pretty rewarding. I was I was really pleased with how the Avo seasons came out. And I'll be honest, you know, when I when they f when I first saw the kind of lineup and how things were going to sort out, just seeing the blend sheets, I was like, ah, you know, I was like, I'm sure I, I knew. That I the said the same thing. Good, I, I was surprised. I was like, it just kind of, I was like, man, I don't know. And then smoking everything, in my opinion, everything kind of just gradually got better and better and better. Now the fall was my favorite, um, but the winter I thought was excellent, and especially for being, you know. You and I talked about it, I think, Coop, for being a Connecticut cigar in the winter. That's a little scary for some people in some places. Yeah. It is yeah. dynamite. I, I actually have the spring here. I've actually been a big fan of the spring. Um, it had a very – like I said, it was just very different um, than anything I've had. Uh, and, and they've done – I think we've reviewed all but the, the summer reviews coming up, but I know they've all – Ben's done the fall and the winter so far. In like fact, the winter one came out yesterday, and they've done well. So they've done well with us. Um, oh, they're is, great. They're, they're great cigars. Yeah. And the, the, those ones flew off the shelf. It was one of those things where it was like, oh, yeah. is, is that a one and done? I think so. Um, I'm not – I mean, with any of these Ellie's, 
there's right. a chance that something like that could come back down the line. Um, I won't, as I'm not the brand ambassador right. or the Got brand it. manager, confirm or deny, you know, anything that we're doing next year with Avo, but um, I think it'll be a little bit before we see something exactly like that. It's so tough with, with any of these brands now, especially with a company at our level. Yeah. Um, you know, everything is getting planned out right. at a, you know, two, three, four year clip. Um, so not saying no forever, but you know, we'll see. All right. And I got one question to close out this segment. I know you guys aren't going to the PCA. That's not what I'm going to ask you, but are you going to TPE? Will Davidoff Camacho be at TPE this year? Yeah. yeah. I don't know what, like which, how the makeup will be, but Davidoff of Geneva will be there. I don't know what the booth layout or anything will be. Mm -hmm. I personally, I think, let me check out. I personally will not be there because I think that I'll be literally just leaving Honduras right at the same time yeah. as one of the trips. So just the way that our Camp Camacho has worked out and the, the season where tobacco is there, um, I think that the Friday I leave is like the Friday of that week. So Davidoff will be there. Jack will not. Okay. No, that's good. I mean, I've seen, I've seen Davidoff in – the TPs I've gone to or seen, they yeah. focused on the non-white, you know, the non-appointed yeah, person, yeah, yeah. which makes sense for which makes for sense, yeah, yeah, customer and those customers that are coming this year, yeah. And next year, you know, I'm this coop. This is both a rumor and a teaser, so you're not, you're not supposed you to wanna, do that. But I, I if knew you, you want to cut me off if you want to cut my feed off. Right. I think next year is going to be a big year for Zeno. I think that's going to be a big focus a for us. Is, By the way, Zeno... that Zeno Nicaragua is one of the most read. Those are the most read reviews on Coop. That I mean, I just said the traffic on those Zeno Nicaragua is. It's got a lot the... of heat. It's got a lot of heat. People read those, yeah. And and uh, those when they came out, I did not think much of them at all. I didn't either. I was but surprised. Pre cut the the pre cut Coronas. I find me. I'm pulling those out everywhere. I put yeah. them in my back. Just. Yeah. It's too convenient, and I'm, yeah. you know, I'm not a kind of guy that marketing yeah. works on. I'm like, oh, that's, I can get right. that cutter. I can cut it. Right. Myself. It's actually really nice. You know who do? Right. I love them. Nice, nice. All right, Jack. I got a few. So we have some other stuff. This was the longest of the segments. I can assure you. But uh, all right. Um, we're gonna get into our Florida Sun Grown Beef segment, sponsored by, uh. Florida Sun Grown Tobacco. That's where I start a beef with somebody else. No, no, we're actually going to talk okay, about that, beef here. Do that. <laughs> no, no, this is actually going to talk about beef. And I have a question, Jack. What is your favorite cut of steak? Um, I'm going to answer that question in a roundabout way. Um, so my if I'm ordering a steak, I think that I'll just probably fire off. My favorite cut is. A ribeye, but I've been ordering a lot more fillets. Okay. I don't know what that says. Maybe I'm maybe I'm getting older. Maybe I have menopause. I don't know what's going on. But I just I, care I about your health a little more, less less fat, yeah, maybe, a little more protein. Yeah, but, yeah. Now I just got back from. I just did a long trip in Brazil. We're going to talk about that in the next segment, by the way, too. Picanha, yeah. unbelievable, <laughs> unbelievable, yep. unbelievable. Yep. Yep. Crazy. Yeah, I'm definitely excited to hear about your Brazil trip. Wow. They throw down. Yep. Do you have a favorite steakhouse you go to? Um, so I don't really I don't really frequent a ton. I will say that my coworker, uh, Garrett Calhoun, is the biggest 
on planet Earth, Del Frisco's double eagle like fan. And I went with him and he told me exactly what to order. I thought that that was an excellent experience. I, I went to one in favorite, Denver. I went to one in Denver. The Denver one is great. They just got rid of the cigar lounge. You can't smoke really. The, they just. I just went. That's the one in the ago. south. It's the south. It's in the south part, right? I just went a couple months ago, and it just. Oh. Now I will say, you know, a big, a big, a big bummer for me is one of the best things in the trade show era is just taking you guys out and spending a zillion dollars at a steakhouse that that's my new answer <laughs> just going and just doing way too much we, yeah so your job is when the coop team comes to tampa to get us into burns so all right you have one job <laughs> we'll make it happen i'll call i know some, i'll call him I, 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 i've been trying with carlito but carlito has other restaurants he's been trying to get me into so <laughs> Okay, well, Carlito couldn't. He couldn't get you in, or he didn't want to. No, he had. He well, okay. we were supposed okay. to go to Colombia, and Jose well, screwed yes. that. Up. Jose screwed that up. Jose didn't make <laughs> a reservation. And he was supposed to make oh, a reservation. So you guys showed up, and it was no go. <laughs> no go. That's hilarious. <laughs> but the but the alternate restaurant was really good because it turned out it was owned by Colombia. Colombia is a Spanish restaurant, and this was an Italian restaurant we went to right next door, and it was really good. So if I could have paid for like if there was. You know how some people have like a podcast and they have like a Patreon where you pay like extra. Yep. I would have paid. I can't even tell you the dollar. It might have been. It might have been three zeros for a like GoPro three sixty cam of you and yeah. Jose's entire trip. I would. <laughs> it was. I, oh, I there's a. And Aaron is Arnold. The gossip have, fest that must have happened. Oh my goodness. Oh. And and Aaron, we had Arnold Serafin on a few weeks ago. That guy's crazy. I'll just tell you that. Yes. Oh, yeah, he I is bet. nuts. So him and Jose together. Oh yeah. You, if you, I, I should have put a pay per view with that. Now he's supposed to come to Charlotte this year. So we'll see what Let's happens see. with that. So if that happens, I'm coming to Coop. I'm I'm making a point to come to Charlotte this year. I, let me know. Yeah, I, let me know. I was in the I was in North Carolina a couple times, but you like were up at Greensboro. Yeah, yeah, Greensboro and. Fayetteville. I just was never too close. And our, our rep in North Carolina lives in Charlotte. And he's like, why the heck haven't we had you in Charlotte? I said, well, you're in charge of scheduling me. So we'll make, yeah. we're going to make it happen. Yeah. Phil's I, I usually do get up to Phil's and I would have went up there, but I think we were doing the show tonight. You would have. Yeah. Ah, okay. Well, that's not too, that's not too super close for you though. Charlotte. Uh, I mean, Greensboro is about two hours away. Yeah, so that's, with no yeah. with no traffic, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Pop yeah, so, in distance, yeah. so I don't yeah. you know. I, would, yeah. I wouldn't exactly expect it, and it was it was a Thursday night. I know that for a fact. Yeah, I, I remembered because I was gonna go. Was, I was yeah. football game. Yeah, I remember. I was gonna, but I, we had a guest already scheduled, so we'll make oh. it happen. We'll make something happen. Nice. All right, Jack. So this is a question I've been waiting to ask you all night. This is our Tobacco USA: The Ties That Bind question. And I'll explain what that is in a second. It's brought to you by Tobacco USA. Makers of iconic brands such as Monte Cristo, Romeo Julieta, H. Upman, and Aging Room Scars. Tobacco USA, great things are happening here. So, Jack, this in this in this short there's one question here. All right. Um, I'm gonna name three things. Okay. And you have to tell me what these three things have in common, the ties okay. that bind. And it was based off a of Bruce Springsteen song. It's not a music question, right? Okay. I'm going to name the three things, then I'm going to tell you, don't answer it, because I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell, I'm going to give you some, I'm going to try to give you a parameter okay. here to go by. The th this, I'm going to name three, I'll just tell you now, it's three cigar companies. Okay. And you can't say you worked for them. Okay. That's not the answer. Okay. Alec Bradley, 
Drew Estate, and Davidoff, what do they all have in common besides the fact you worked for them? And this is a tough one. I want to see if you can get it. What do they all have in common? Is they it did, they did something in common. They've all done something in common. Mm. Is it merger related? Are you no, not, is it, it's, it's not cigar merger? related. It's a cigar, cigar related. Okay, okay, okay. It's very much cigar related. It's cigar related. They've all made a similar cigar. They've all maybe made. Was they cigar made a cigar. Year. You're in the right. You're going in the right path. They all made a specific cigar. What kind of cigar did they make? They all make think, triple think. Maduros or triple Broadleafs or something like that? What do we got? What do we no, got? no. It could be Broadleaf related, though. It's not Broadleaf related. Okay. Good answer, um, though. Good answer, but not the I answer. I think we're kind of in the, we're in the right yeah. frame of think, mind. Yeah. Think about your background a bit. And you'll, you maybe, it may get closer to home than you think. What the hell? Now I got it. I know you got it. I think you can get it. When you hear the answer, you're gonna you're gonna freak. What did they make? They all made what? Are they all cigar of the year for somebody? No. I'm stumped. What is it? All right, I'll give you another hint. I want to see again. They made a cigar for a particular entity. Who do we all make a cigar for? You want me to get your answer? No, 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 no. Okay. Who do we make a cigar for? Drew State, Alec Bradley. I'll make a cigar for me. And Davidoff. Who do we make a cigar for, Coop? Think, think about your timeline. Think about your timeline. It fits in what you tell. We all made a cigar for who? Matt Booth? Work mm, with Matt your Booth? Timeline. All, your, time your timeline. Your timeline. Your timeline. Your timeline. What did we all do? I'm losing my mind. What did they all made a cigar during my time there? They all released a new cigar. No, not, it wasn't necessarily during your time okay, there, right? Okay. It wasn't necessarily during your time there, but, but you it, know the there's entity. A there's a correlation. Yeah. Between your 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 history in the cigar and your trajectory in the cigar industry. You worked for all three of these companies. And it's ironic that they made a cigar for this entity. Who do they all make a cigar for, Coop? What the fuck. Who did we make? Who did Alec all right, Bradley? A, a limited cigar. They all made oh, a well. A, a, well, I should say scratch are limited. Originally, they were limited. What the fuck? It was limited for who? Okay, wait, wait. Who do we all make a limited cigar for? Who's Davidoff? That's that's the one that I'm not putting together. Davidoff. I got the, Davidoff's on a, Oh, the Davidoff. cigar. They all made a cigar dojo collaboration. There you go. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> that was way easier than I thought. I said when you got you got it though, you did get it. Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Gee, the the craziest one that I actually don't believe that it happened. Like, and I was there is the cigar dojo white label, because a yeah. lot has changed in the Davidoff sphere. Where that the idea of that coming out in twenty twenty four, let's say. It would be crazy. Um, the market's changed. I've been very critical of this segment of market. I think it's changing a lot. It's difficult. There's too many. It's too. There's too much happening in yeah. the in the. Whereas it used to be cool to have like a quick little run of things. It's almost like I don't know. Maybe this is just because I work for a big company. 
it almost feels like the opposite is what people are looking for. And yep. it almost seems like people are not even like they want a limited, but I don't know if people want a limited that they're never going to have again as much. No, I think what I'm seeing too, and I'm not trying to, a lot of the Eric's releases lately have been like, especially with Saka, he got the early release and then it's going, going national. Kind of what Drew Estate did years ago, too. I think that's the direction that I'm seeing going with this now. Well, it makes some sense. I mean, like, what what's the point for for larger companies? To, if you're going to make packaging, marketing materials, social media graphics, whatever, it's the same if you make a million cigars or if you make 10. You know, it's like yeah. so. a lot of the times, at least when I was at Drew Estate, it's like it's not even worth making some of these things unless it's a larger thing. So then it's like, okay. The smaller, more agile companies, they can yep. do a lot of that, um, which I think that they should. And I hope that, you know, yeah, I, I, I agree. The loosening of the regulations, I hope that that gives way to newer companies to, you know, innovate. I felt like that was a thing that we saw a lot more, you know, in my early days of cigar smoking, yep. is these young, teeny little companies doing something crazy and then other companies kind of following suit and trying new things. I hope that we see that. But yeah, no, it's good. Who knows? Good job. Good job, Jack. All right. I don't know, Coop. You kind of spoon fed me that one. It wasn't like I really slam dunked it. It would, took a lot of. It was a hard one. Calling. It was it was a hard one. Trust me. That yeah, was I've done softballs that people haven't gotten right. So and I've spoon fed them. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. you didn't give up. I right, didn't give up. All right. I got to do a, a couple of sponsor reads. And like I said, the, the rest of the stuff is much shorter than this segment. So you won't be here. Don't worry, Coop. I have not one thing to do tomorrow. Well, I don't. So, I, but, I mean, I, except for a, a rigorous day of. Providing value for shareholders, but besides that, <laughs> all right. I'm there you go. Well, you should as well. You should be doing that. Yeah. All <laughs> right. So let's mention our friends at JRE Tobacco. The authentic Corojo leaf is one of the most robust and flavorful tobacco leaves out there. During the Golden Age, the Scots could be the leaf of choice to make some of the world's greatest cigars. Because it's one of the most challenging ones to cultivate, it fell out of favor by the 1990s. In the Hamastran Valley in Honduras, Julio Aroa took on the challenge of growing Corojo from the original seeds, and in 2000, he successfully reintroduced authentic Corojo back to the market. With over 50 years' experience in the tobacco business, from growing and curing tobacco to scar production, the Jerry Tobacco Farm has been able to continue to deliver products to market with authentic Corojo. Now with Jerry Tobacco, Julio and Husto bring their very own brand to market, and each contain that authentic Corojo leaf. Aladino is available in a wide variety of blends, including the latest release, the Aladino Sumatra. And each represent the golden age of cigars from 1947 to 1961. They're available at your local retailer. Be sure to ask for JRE Tobacco, a legacy that is tasted in every draw. I want to mention Corona Cigar Company. At Corona Cigar Company, they take pride in the fact that they are cigar fanatics just like you. That's why you'll find the best selection of the rarest and finest premium cigars available anywhere in the world. Plus, they have special limited edition cigars available exclusively to Corona Cigar Company from famous international cigar makers such as Davidoff, Padron, and Drew Estate. They have the best selection, best customer service, and money-saving discount prices. Don't just take their word for it. Forbes magazine selected Corona Cigar Company as best of the web. Corona Cigar was voted a top five internet cigar retailer by Spoke Magazine. Cigar Ficciano wrote, Corona Cigar Company, the largest best stock cigar shop in America. Place an order online at their website or visit one of Corona's five Central Florida cigar superstores and cigar bars and see for yourself why Corona Cigar Company is the ultimate cigar experience. And I want to mention again our friends at Cavalier Geneva. Uh, smoke gold, stay gold. Join the inner circle and follow Cavalier Cigars on their Instagram account. That's Cavalier underscore cigars. And on their Facebook account, Cavalier Geneva Cigars. Geneva, that's G-E-N-E-V-E. 
And of course, visit local tobacconists and join the movement that is Cavalier Cigars. They're consistently regarded highly by cigar lovers everywhere, as well as high ratings by the cigar industry press. You'll want to follow them online on Instagram at Cavalier underscore cigars because they do some very unique giveaways throughout the whole year. Cavalier Cigars, smoke gold and stay gold. And because uh, we want to complete the circle for Jack, uh, I want to mention Alec Bradley. I'm going to be doing the Alec Bradley Live True segment. Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley, Alec Bradley. Visit alecbradley.com to find out more about that cigars live true. So, Jack, this is our live true segment where we kind of we started already taking a little break from some of the cigar talk. I really want to hear about this trip to Brazil because you were there. You were there a long time. Did you just get back? Did you just get back? I was there forever, Coop. So you just got, yeah, I didn't no. realize you were just coming back from this. I guess I got back and I'm, I'm kind of stupid because, um, not for agreeing to this show. I'm glad this is one of the, I gave you some options life. and you said, you this day works great. Yeah. And I said that this day would work. Not that it didn't work, but I got back yesterday and <laughs> I was gone for, when I didn't get a text days. message from you, I was concerned. Right. And well, because I didn't, I, because to be honest, I kind of forgot until I looked at my cal. I didn't, I did not let the real world enter my mind until like I checked in for my flight. And then I was like, okay, I got to start getting my shit together. And I kind of opened up my work stuff then. I was like, oh shit, I got coops showing. So everything was fine. But I, I, yeah, I got back yesterday. Literally yesterday. I was gone for, I left um, the day I I flew overnight, but I showed up New Year's Eve. So I was gone for. So you were in Copacabana Beach New Year's Eve? Yeah, so wow. I didn't, we didn't go. We didn't go all the way down there because we took. We did take a right. red eye flight, and it is kind of crazy, right? And it is very expensive. So we went up to like kind of where the little hills where Christ the Redeemer is. We saw the fireworks I, from up there. I saw the um, video you were shooting, and I was like, Piece yeah, so right up on my, right, yeah. On my um, I have two Instagrams. I have a, a cigar one where I do all my work stuff, and that's kind of the main one for these sort of purposes, but I have one that's just my name, Jack Hyerwright. I took a little videos of every day and did a little vlog thing. And yeah, we were gone. My, my fiance, her dad's from Rio de Janeiro and her mom is from Manaus in the Amazon, Amazonas. Wow. Um, so we did 10 days in Rio and seven days in uh, Manaus. Where's um, and Manaus? How far is that from Rio? It's a, it's a solid three and a half hour flight. It's a huge country. Oh, so wow. So it's another it's, flight you had to take. Yeah, so it's Rio's down here, and we flew there. And Manaus is it's pretty close to like Venezuela and it's the north part. It's in the north part. Yeah. So, so it was only a five-hour flight to Miami, um, but there's only they only do flights out of Manaus to Miami two days a week. So I had to, we we had to do either we we're like all right, what should we do? So we're like all right, we'll just do one extra long trip, get it out of the way to start the year, uh, and it was awesome. Um, she has a lot of family down there. Uh, so her parents came to the U.S. in the 80s, and they were kind of their only family members up here, and all of her extended family was down there. So we got to see all the sites. Um, it was incredible. I thought I, I've been studying Portuguese, Coop, and my Portuguese uh, well, isn't terrible. I was going to say, well, yeah, I was going to ask you about the Portuguese. That was one thing I was going to ask you about. Yeah, I got down there, and it was at game speed. Oh, my God. <laughs> it was insane. I couldn't even – I was like uh, – uh, 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 and she, my fiance is her little grandmas. She has two grandmas, um, one in each city. And they're both, you know, one's 92, one's 89. And they were both like, this guy doesn't speak Portuguese. What's his deal? They were like, get out of <laughs> get him some food. But it was, it was really, really awesome. And we got to do a little, we got to do some Copacabana beach stuff, which is really cool. I've never been to a beach where there's so many people selling stuff. 
So you kind of just sit there and then there's like vendors for every single thing that you need. And there's no like regulation or, so you just kind of got to tell everybody to no, 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 no. And then one guy will be like, I can't Right, right. Dude. We did a little helicopter around Christ the Redeemer, which was. Wow. I would never get in a helicopter. <laughs> no, yeah. Thinking about that as I was getting in it, I was like, man, I just don't feel like they probably have the same like safety requirements. They definitely don't either, you know. Right. I went right. to a zoo last week, um, and in the enclosure of the zoo, there is a tree where a snake has climbed to the top of the tree. And I know snakes can't like jump, but it's just kind of weird seeing a snake like above the plane of where it's supposed to be. It just and it didn't really seem like anybody cared. I was like, oh man. <laughs> wow. Wow. But it, it's it was awesome. And they, I mean, her uncles, the last our very last night there, her mom has six brothers and they were all there. And seeing those boys work the grill, it was like, you know, we we couldn't communicate in words so easily as the universal language of like meat and just a bunch of guys standing around a grill and just kind of like nodding and, and pointing at it. So it was awesome. I would tell anybody to go um, if they would like to go. Great trip. Did, I'm bouncing back a little bit. Yeah, we got we got a spammer in the a Hindu spammer. <laughs> in the chest. <laughs> what do they think uh, about? By the way, uh, someone already said you should do the reads, and I'm more than willing to hire Jack. So uh, I'll love, if you give me. Do you have any more reads left in the show? <laughs> yeah, but I got Yeah, it's too hard to get. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right, right, right. I'll do it. There's only a couple more. Um, you know, the one thing I was going to ask you is, you know, you hear the one thing about Brazil, and I've been trying to get my wife to go, and I finally got her to go to Europe this year. We're going to go to Europe this year, but she, she says the crime. She doesn't want to deal with it. Is the crime really bad down there? I think that if you – I don't know. We First of all, we're not like late-night people. Right. So we're not like going out on the town. Mm -hmm. um, and everywhere we, we stayed, you know, I'm – from work, I travel in Marriott's, so there's a really nice Marriott there, and I cashed in points. And I'll tell you one thing. The exchange rate on points is insane. When I went to Mexico, I couldn't believe the ex how good the exchange rate was in Mexico. Yes, yeah. here, you get a hotel here, it's the, the points change. They're, they're robbing us blind. Yeah. I mean, it, it was a better points exchange than it was a dollar exchange. Yeah. Um, but we stayed – now, I didn't do any cigar stuff. Um Okay. I didn't I was do any a, smoking. I didn't. And it was a big miss on my part, mostly because we came back. Um, we had a wedding in Miami. So we came back to Miami for a wedding. It was right before. And I brought a bunch of cigars for the wedding, but I didn't remember to bring like me cigars for myself. And then I just have a thing now where I just have a really tough time spending money on cigars. And I don't know especially Davidoff cigars, which is kind of funky to say, but I'm like, I can't buy it. If I can just get it, I can't buy it. I'll buy somebody else's <laughs> cigars and try that out. But I was kind of like, all right, now uh, that is a big regret because you can smoke. Well, you can smoke anywhere. There's kind of, it's kind of the wild west down there. I think you can smoke in a hospital, but you can smoke on the beach. And I could have been, I could have had like a Annie three or the signature or something just on the beach. That would have been, that would have been divine, but not, if, if you stay to, you know, populated areas, I wasn't super flashy with my cell phone, but I didn't really feel like there was any, I knew that, I know that there's some like, you know, petty theft and that sort of stuff, but it didn't right. really feel like I was doing anything crazy, crazy, like any worse pickpocketing than like Barcelona or any of those places. Right. So, 
I didn't right. feel in, the, in danger, but a lot of her family down there was just like, hey, just don't have your phone like flying around. You'll be fine. Right, right. And you know, I was going to say about the cigars, but um, were, yeah, I, I screwed know up. Just... I messed up. And then no, my, no, my no. doesn't smoke. Um, I, I can actually understand had, that on this type we of trip. Just had, we had a kind of a packed trip. If there wasn't family there, so if right. we kind of didn't have an itinerary thing, we were hanging out at one of her relatives' houses. I would usually that would be my cigar time. So I didn't. Did, but there are some nice lounges. And I, my next I was, show, that's what I was going to ask. Sao Paulo. Yeah. Um, because somebody now I don't know if this is true or not, and I'm not going to pretend like because I spent two weeks in Brazil, I'm any sort of an expert. But somebody told me that kind of Rio de Janeiro is there, like L.A. a little more beachy, and then Sao Paulo is there, New York a little bit more, you know, kind of buttoned up and businessy. So I, I'd like to see Sao Paulo on my next trip. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, I heard that's a. I heard that's bigger than Rio, right? I heard that's even bigger than Rio. I think it's a bigger metropolitan area, yeah. Okay, yeah. It's yeah. cool. Everybody everybody was super nice to me, and they kind of – in Rio, I could blend in a little bit more because there are some, like, taller people. In Manaus, I was the tallest person. I loved yeah. it. I was the tallest person by a foot, and everybody kind of looked at me like I was a celebrity. I was like, this is, this is great. How big is Manaus as opposed to Rio? I mean, if you were comparing – it's, it's the biggest city in the Amazon – and on the Amazon right. River, it's off the, the Rio Negro. Um, so it was, it was really cool. And her family there is huge, huge. So wow. you know, we would go, we would one day we went up and saw some waterfalls and kind of went into the forest. And then one day we did the boat thing. And there was the, you know, it's famous for there's two rivers: the Amazon River and then the Rio Negro, which is a black river. And they kind of meet, and the waters kind of mix. Um, so that was super, super cool. Um, and there's so many freaking fish and bugs and fruits and stuff that we ju you just have never seen or tried. Um, and I was, it was funny because I was studying and doing my like Duolingo and stuff. And all those words were just like indigenous words that for fruit that at one point, one of her cousins was like, have you ever tried? And it was just their word. I think it was refrigerante. And it was their word for just soda. I was like, no, I've never tried that. I really like to try that. Oh my God. And then the, the waiter brought out a Coca-Cola. I was like, oh, <laughs> God, <laughs> this is embarrassing. <laughs> wow. I, I just pulled up a map here, right? Manaus it's looks like it's country. Look, Manaus looks further from Rio than Miami to uh, Nicaragua. It is. Yeah. I, I, it, was, it, was a, it was a nine-hour flight to Rio and about a four and some change, five-hour flight from Manaus. So. Right. And Rio says two hours, right? You're two hours. Uh, you You – Two hours. Ahead. Yeah. Ahead, so right. Yeah. There, for New Year's, it was like midnight there, and back in Colorado, it was like like seven p.m. or something right. loony. Right. But it was cool, and it was kind of nice too because you know I, it didn't Manaus and some of the bigger cities like Manaus kind of felt very Nicaragua e in the you know right and the kind of everybody's super friendly, the food's super good, kind of a similar level of sightseeing and things to do and food and kind of you know. Right. Felt similar. So yeah, so my say, crime is a huge issue, but I would also not, you know. Right. Was, Any city you gotta be careful. Hotel chain where you know, yeah. you know, it's we did stay in an Airbnb that was kind of off the beaten path. I probably wouldn't do that again. Uh, mm. just stay in my Marriott's on a decent area and yeah, buy a bunch of food and right. it, it was it was fun. And they dance. I'm not a dancer, Coop. I I'm guessing Maybe. Yeah, I like I'm watching dancing, but I don't, I don't dance. Yeah, I like watching. I was guessing that was going to be your answer. Yeah. Um, because we've met. I mean, Coop, you, 
this is a total sidebar, but this is one of my favorite coop stories. And Aaron, you have to have heard this at some point, but our first Nicaragua trip together, we're in the bus. Um, and I just said, you know, I was like, coop, I just can't remember. I can't picture you as anything else than just like, you know, a dad and like you, as you are now, I was like, what was high school coop like? And I'll never forget. You were like, oh, I don't know if I would say I was a jock. I was like, yeah, Coop. I don't think anybody, I don't think any of us were thinking that you were like all conference quarterback. <laughs> so I was bringing you back to my dancing point. Like I was, I was assuming we were on the same page with the dance. No, but there's a Dojo's got that karaoke video of me. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. there's a karaoke. No, there's a couple karaoke videos of me, like like in the Dojo archive somewhere. No, singing. Yeah, I, I'll break that out every once in a while. Also, but, you know, I'm yeah. dancing. I just don't think I, I I can do like a white guy fun wedding dancing, but that's not. Like, no, this was they were doing real structured like dances. Line dance, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, like stuff you've never seen, and I felt. I felt like I was watching something that I shouldn't be watching. I was like, what, uh, what right. do you guys do? I, 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 am I allowed to be here? Because you guys are like really, really dancing. And the, the emphasis is kind of nice because they, you know, I feel like in the States, it's, it's difficult to, be, to make a living as a musician. So you don't see a lot of like music and live music as often. I mean, that's my experience. But there, there's so much live music. It's almost like if there was a band or something else, it would be strange. I mean, there's... Yeah. They love live music. Wow. I guess the last question I have is as far as Manaus versus Rio, is the dialect any different in Portuguese or is it? Yeah, pretty yeah, yeah. It sounds a lot more like sing-songy. And in Rio, they have a very thick, it's a, called a carioca accent. And it's like a shh, 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 So a lot of their words, they end with like a shh, my shh, And then in, it's more like kind of like clipped in in the north but there's there's a lot of like indigenous words and a lot of you know tribal words there's a bunch of different tribes that kind of all came together along the amazon it was really cool in in manaus and in the amazon like along this whole strip in brazil um of the amazon river all these cities instead of having they do celebrate carnival like the rest of brazil but they have it's called the festival of the bulls and I had 15 different people try to explain it to me and try to translate it to me. And it, it like, it just kind of was, was like every tour guide that I could find that spoke <laughs> decent enough English. I was like, how, and it's, it's kind of this like Cain and Abel story of these two bulls. Um, and somehow, and it's just kind of hard to even remember, but the, the, the end of it is, is it's kind of like Coop. If the Eagles and the Cowboys had a festival every year, and there are songs sung about the Eagles and the Cowboys and everybody got together for this festival and they competed in like a dance, you know, carnival type Right, thing. right. But there's two bulls. There's a red one and a blue one. And it's like they both, you know, if you're, a, if you're on one side, you don't hate the other, but you're like, screw the other side. But there's also like dances that everybody learned. So it was, it was kind of like sports was the closest thing I could relate it to, but it was also like, West Side Story, Sharks versus Jets, where like they're like, we hate that bull, and then they would all <laughs> sing the song and do the dance together. And I was like, I was like, you guys, you can't be like, like this is not a, you can't be like tough guy, like screw you guys. And then you also know the dance. They're like, oh no, it's like a cultural thing, you know, it's like a folklore festival. I was like, okay, I get that. But the closest thing we have to this is like football, and that's the only thing I just can't think about, you know, me and a Raiders fan singing a Raiders song and dancing along to it. 
Right, right. It was, but it was it was really cool to see, and it was difficult to grasp from an American point of view because I'm just like, we don't have anything that's even close to this. I don't know how to explain the Festival of the Bulls. And yeah, they're like, you guys right. got to come back for that. Nice, nice. Good trip, Jack. That's a good good trip report here. Glad you had a good it time. Was, it was intense. I mean, it was awesome. And then now, I mean, I'm I have one month home, and then I'm doing four five-day trips in Honduras. So between the two, wow. I mean, my stomach is already holding up a lot better than expected. So who knows? <laughs> well, yeah, you know, I, I've had good – my first stomach incident happened last year coming back from Nicaragua. That was the really? first time I ever got sick, yeah. I ha- I'm like – in my Nicaragua and in Honduras, I'm like batting a 1,000. I've never not – I've but never I, not gotten – I screwed it up. I had the salad. I'm telling you that, and I never Don't did salad, salad before. I had the no, salad. And that's you got You can't tempt fate. I did it, and I, I won't. I didn't do it when I went to the DR after that. I can tell you that. So, oh my goodness. Well, now when I went this last time to Honduras, first of all, I don't know if I just kind of went with fresh eyes, but they have there. They have Little Caesars, Burger King, KFC, Pizza in Don Lee. They have wow. all like all the chains in Don Lee, and you know, I felt like everybody. I mean, a lot of the. Workers in the factory had iPhones, AirPods, which, you know, the first time I went to, you know, Nicaragua way back, there was a lot of that stuff hadn't made its way down there. And, and, and Don Lee, it was pretty, it was pretty Americanized. And they had a lot of, a lot of, a lot more wealth, it felt like. And then, you know, I tried, I never tried this coop. And if you ever, if anybody's seen this ever, even they even have a Honduran restaurant near you, it's called Anafre. And no. it's like this bean dip that's served on top of like a like a candle almost. It's like this clay thing that heats up this bean. I don't know how to describe it. It was the best thing. I got to try I that. I could have swam in a pool of it, Coop. I, I, was, <laughs> packing on, I was packing on 700 calories a day minimum of this. Wow. I was like, I got to get me out of this country because they're, what they're doing with beans is <laughs> should be illegal. This, you don't go short on beans to begin with when you're down there. So no, yeah, but that was that was next level, next level beanage. Yeah, yeah, awesome. All I right, was let's... trying to find the other day. Go ahead. That's a totally derail again. No, go ahead, you're fine. Terrence texts me out of the blue, and he's like, "What are the odds you have the picture of Coop on top of the horse?" At I had, why don't you just ask me for it? I have it. <laughs> I, I, it, it took me a surprising amount of time to track down because I, because I had the coopy. I have I to get that from you because who still wants me to make more magnets for him of that? I have the exact. I so yeah, get, I yeah, get it, yeah, get it, man. Right, then I can just send the sticker mule. Yeah, I could log on right now. I could have it to you. Tonight. Yeah, because yeah. who still has been asking me for this for a year, and I keep forgetting to follow up on it. Yeah, we'll I said I think they've done. Look, I think they've done already. Because yeah, I, I have no, I have no problem because like I said, like people. Who yeah. knew me growing up? My fear of horses. Yeah. So that's amazing. I'm allergic to horses. I'm afraid of horses. <laughs> <laughs> I, in fact, he wanted to put me on a regular size horse. I made him put me on a pony. <laughs> I mean, I was scared. Seriously, I said, "I'm not gonna." I, this thing throws me. I'm dead. But uh, nice. I would have also paid a lot of for three sixty km of that. Just that conversation yeah. would have been. Incredible. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> 
Yeah, it's all good. All right, let's get to our Espinosa this day in sports history question. Um, Jack, I don't know if you're going to get this one. This is for Aaron Moore, but uh, I want to mention it's sponsored by Espinosa Cigars, makers of award-winning brands such as Espinosa, 601, and Knuckle Sandwich. Smoke Espinosa, smoke Espinosa every day, and get into a Lazona state of mind. Aaron, it's been a, it's, it, was, it was slim pickings for baseball questions, okay? All right. All right. But I got one. I think you may get this one. So okay. on this day, January 18th, 1973, Orlando Cepeda signed a free agent contract with the Red Sox. What was okay. historic about this signing? You want to take a shot at this, Jack? Or? Orlando Cepeda? Orlando yeah. Cepeda, 1973. Signs with the Red Sox. No, I have no idea. Do you know? Are you giving me a crack because you know? I think I have an idea, but I wanted you to. I wanted the guests to have first shot. And he was at the end. He was towards the end of his career when this happened. No idea. Not even close. All right. Does this have to do with the unique type of contract he signed? Not really. No. Okay. Uh, is it from the results from the season he had while he was there? No, it was what he was going to be doing for them. Uh, like a player because... coach? Player not, a coach player co- not a player coach. Okay, so I think then my first question I think is kind of correct. So the, um, when he signed with them, he signed with them specifically to be a designated hitter. Correct. That is correct. And I think it was the first time like he was like the contract was and he that, had a big he had a big year yeah. too. He actually had a yeah, big year with um when because he had a, yeah, he had a big year. Um he hit 20, I think 20 home runs, and then he was I think he was the first player to hit 20 home runs for four different teams. Yeah, he was uh he hit it for I believe the 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 Giants, the Cardinals, yep. the Braves, Fox. and the and, and yeah, yep. yeah, the Red Sox him. Yeah, because that was the first, you know that was the first year for the DH, um, and he was happy because he 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 had knee issues is why he was like right he didn't play the year before because mm-hmm. he he had um, like three games for the for, he had he three games the A's, for the A's. yeah and then he he yeah he played three games and he had he got hospitalized for and had have knee surgery again and there was a whole thing where you know he left the country and Finley was like if you don't come back. Yep. You know, we're going to terminate the contract, and he just yep. was done. Yep, that was it. Good one. Good one. Good Lord. Right. Is that when, was that when the A's won the World Series? Wasn't that early 70s where they win a lot? Yeah, they won. They uh, won it. They, they that won was mul- a, multiple years in a row, yeah. Yeah, they uh, that team he was on with the A's in 72 won it that year. Mm. Yeah, and then I mean, the A's won it in 72. Three at-bats he had. It was really yeah. impactful. <laughs> but three at-bats with no hits. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So, all right, we got one more segment for you, Jack, and it's it's four questions. So, uh, uh, so let me. I was born for this. All this right. So, let me, of course, mention um, J.C. Newman Cigar Company, founded in 1895 by Julius C. Newman. J.C. Newman Cigar Company is the oldest family-owned premium cigar maker in America for four generations and 127 years. J.C. Newman has been handcrafting many of the world's finest cigars. J.C. Newman is headquartered in an iconic 113-year-old cigar factory in the Ybor City National Historic Landmark District in Tampa, Florida. At the factory known as Elra Hole, J.C. Newman was premium cigars by hand and hand-operated antique cigar machines, including the All-American Cigar, the 
the American, and the new Angel Cuesta. Uh, Brickhouse, Polo de Mar, El Baton, Corm, and Yago Squares are hand-rolled at the J.C. Newman Pence Cigar Factory in Nicaragua, which is the second largest in that country. And Diamond Crown, Maximus, Julius Caesar, and Black Diamond Cigars are handmade by Tobacco at A. Fuente in the Dominican Republic. With longtime partners, the Arturo Fuente family, the Newman's founded the Cigar Family Charitable Foundation, which supports low-income families in the Dominican Republic with education, healthcare, vocational training, and clean water. Visit jcnewman.com to learn more. And by Casa Cuevas Cigars. The Cuevas family has five generations of experience in cigar making. For many years, they have manufactured cigars for many industry leaders out of the Las Lavas factory in the Dominican Republic. Now the Cuevas family has brought their very own brand to market with Casa Cuevas Cigars. Try the Casa Cuevas line, the Cuevas Reserva line, and if they don't carry it, be sure to ask your local retailer for Casa Cuevas Cigars. Casa Cuevas Cigars, from our casa to yours. And we're going to get into our final segment. This is our industry talk deliberation segment sponsored by Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. There's no deliberation when it comes to Dunbarton's track record since launching in 2015. This has included eight consecutive top three appearances on the Halfway Consensus, including number one cigar of the year in 2020 with the Mi Corita Tricky Traca and number one cigar of the year in 2022 with the Mi Corita Black. You can visit DTC Cigars and find a purveyor that carries the brands of Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. And if you're following Joe Grow, he is projecting Papa Saka um, to win the consensus. <laughs> I was actually talking to Joe today, and he said, I'm pretty sure I have it cracked. I said, I think if there's something wrong with you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> that was Joe my Stradamus, f- Joe. Yeah. Joe Stradamus. That was, that was right on the table, damn it. <laughs> I'm getting some feedback from you guys. I don't know if it was. Okay, I think we're okay now. It might have been me. Okay. So, Jack, four que- this is our industry uh, deliberation segment. I have four questions. They're all related to you. And they're, they're kind of the same question. I'm just going to answer it with the different roles that you've been in in the cigar industry. So here's my first question to you. What was the most challenging thing about being in cigar media? And I'm listening to, to your dojo days. Um, I think that... The most challenging thing about cigar media, without without making fun and, and uh, just saying press releases to kind of get you going, I always was trying to be interesting in a way that wasn't, like, stupid. And I, a lot of the times, I think that some of the stuff that I was doing was kind of stupid, but it was in a way that it was like, okay, this is kind of funny. Um I still want to write Coop, by the way, my, my Cigars of the Year, my you know, post-apocalyptic graphic cigar novel, um, which Coop, Coop downloads himself into a computer so he can keep uh, writing articles until the, until the year 3055. Um, but yeah, that was, for me, that was, it was a fun challenge and a difficult challenge, but me and Eric and Jordan would always kind of scratch our heads together and be like, what's the next like, fun thing that we can do it's not, you know, it's funny, but it's not like, you know, stupid. It has some value and is worth reading and is worthwhile. And the, the articles that did the best were like the like different phases of being a cigar smoker or what different, what, you know, what you're wearing and what that tells you about what brands you like. My favorites were like the cigars in the year 3000 or the you know, different houses in Game of Thrones as, as cigar companies. Did you do? Did you do the Ocean's Eleven article? Yeah, that was me. That, that was, was the that one was I didn't. That was the one I disagreed with you on. Yeah, I had a couple. 
Well, here's the thing, Coop. I kind of screwed up because, well, I didn't screw up, but, you know, when I think Ocean's Eleven, I don't think of the old, the old original. I think of, like, the newer one, and I was trying to kind of more pick, like, like positions, like they were, like, football positions, instead of trying to pick people to kind of emulate the characters that they were playing. So that's where, that's where we kind of... I, I know that, I mean, years later, you're still going to be flack for putting Jonathan Drew in that spot, but it was just kind of like, I felt like he was always a good, like, picker of talent and picking people that would then go on to be successful. Uh, and you were like, I think he just can't be that role, which I, I don't disagree with, but, you know, that was our, that was our fundamental difference with Ocean's Eleven. I muted. Jack, can you unplug and replug your headset in? Okay. Yeah, okay, I'm getting some feedback. I think it's from you. Let's see. Better? Uh, talk. Better, worse? It's the same? A little better. Here, hang on. Let me, let me just see. I'll just use the... Now I can't hear you. Yeah, now I can't hear you. It was definitely the headset. Is this terrible? Uh, you're fine. I'm still, right, getting... we'll just... still there. Yeah, we're, we're towards the end, so it's okay. Hang on. Hang on. Okay, let me see if I can answer. We could probably get through this. So that was. Is this better at all? It's better. I have like five different headphone options. Yeah, there's definitely feedback coming from you. You talk amongst yourselves. I'll repair this. As Jack is doing. Yeah, I think it's definitely his headset because uh, when he muted, it definitely yeah. caused a problem. So, and uh, the. Uh, as he does that, um, I'll just mention next week's show, Aaron. We have uh, Hooten Young, uh, Norm Hooten, and Tim Young mm -hmm. from Hooten Young on next week. Yeah. So I uh, look forward to that show. Um, right. Final yeah. tries. This, is this, this is much better. much better. This is much better. Yes. Was it bad the whole time? Or just no, it just, just for this last segment. Oh, the last so segment, weird. Just, yeah, it was weird. Because I use the wired ones because usually the microphone's way better on the yeah. wired ones. Yeah, I don't know what happened on it. Yeah, it just got, it was what really. Normally, I'm not that picky, but it was bad. Yeah. All right. All right. Um, most challenging thing about cigar sales? Um, the whole thing. No, the most challenging thing about cigar sales is, is one, just the workload. Like, if you're going to be great at it, you have to be consistently traveling and hitting the road for at least like five years until you've gotten to a point where everybody knows you and how you work and that sort of thing. And most people, you know, um, Gary Calhoun is one of my, you know, favorite people at our company who's been doing this for 19 years and he's still the same, you know, 150, 200, 250 days a year, just like grinding. So the, the relationship part was easy. The, the actual mileage and the, you know, grind that was difficult. Yeah, I can imagine. I don't know how you guys do that travel amount of travel that is required for it. So, no, no doubt in my mind, that's a that's I couldn't do it. So yeah, those to... guys are those guys are crazy um, and, and very talented. Yeah. 
All right, now we go to cigar marketing. What was the most challenging thing about being in cigar marketing? Uh, it's in a bunch of different ways. On the digital side, like for social media especially, I called it death by a thousand cuts because you just got to be super consistent, have a plan, and then just do it. just never stops, you know? So uh, you just kind of keep my, – my now fiancé, our first date – was the night that we uh, drew estate announced that we were canceling barn smokers for the the second time when we brought them back and then canceled them again. And the entire, my phone was white hot in my pocket. And I, I told her, I was like, Hey, I swear I don't have that crazy of a job, but I'm getting special day. <laughs> hammered. It could not happen at a worse time. It was like, like, Hey, we got to get this out tonight. 6 PM. I was like, a 6 p.m. press release sending. I was like, are you just... But, you know, th- that was difficult on that side. Um, you know, on the, on the media side, Coop, you know, is better, as good as anybody. It, it don't matter how big your company is, your bucket's only a certain size, you yeah. know? Um, and you're trying to make sure that you can, you know, spread your brand and get out there and you know, promote and the right places, the right people. And then you're trying to, you know, get everything in the right place. You're trying to, you know, maybe this guy wants an exclusive, but if he gets an exclusive and Coop doesn't get it the next day, Coop's not going to post it. Coop's going to, you know, hate your guts. I'm using you as an example because you're here, but I, you know, I, it's, I'm not, I'm not a, quite like that. There's certain reasons. I no, I'm on, joking. But, I'm joking, but I'm but, just but saying like, there's, there's, stuff, I won't. Yeah. There is like a, it's a balance and you're trying to, you know, help, help others, help yourself and this, this and that, um, you know, on the actual cigar side for marketing, it's just kind of tough predicting what people are going to want, how much of it. And, you know, yeah, it's hard I, I, to put yourself in people's shoes because a lot of the times, you know, if you're in a room of ten people, you all can kind of like something and think it's good, but then you have to think about who is our customer. You know, yeah. Jonathan Drew was always very good about that. He would say, "Hey guys, it's not we don't it's not what we like. It's not what we want." Right. Um, and there's a line in uh, the show Succession in the final season. I love the show, and Tom, one of the characters. He's like, I'm not a dietitian. I'm not telling people what they should or shouldn't eat. I'm seeing what they're eating. And I'm giving them more of it. Um, and that's kind of difficult to, to figure out like, okay, are we trying to innovate and pull people towards a new cool thing? Or are we just doing something because we think it's cool? And when we do it, everybody in a secret, you know, in a secret text message group thread is going to call us stupid idiots, you know, and all the guys at the shop are going to say, did you see that dumb thing that they made? So yeah. that's, that can be difficult. Yeah, no, I can imagine. I mean, I can imagine that night when the when the barn smokers were canceled the second time. I remember there was, yeah, I remember the reaction. Oh, it was like my red wedding. That and the um, the night that the Lakers won the, the championship. They won the finals. And LeBron James is smoking a damn underground shade. I, as a social media guy, you're like, this is manna from heaven. It couldn't be better. Now, LeBron James has a very interesting, you know, he's kind of polarizing in certain ways. And especially at that time, I don't even remember what happened. But for some reason, everybody that likes cigars hated his guts. So we posted it. And I was up until 2.33 in the morning deleting comments that were – like I was like, I'm only going to delete the comments if they're like ridiculously vulgar or actually racist or like – and I was deleting comments until the wee hours of the morning because of how crazy the post got. 
because it went totally super viral. And it was just like, oh, my goodness. When when LeBron James won the championship with the Cavs, um, I ha- he smoked a very small brand called uh, Yaxel Ortiz. It was some small brand for, out of the Northeast Ohio. I happen to have a review of that cigar. And everyone found the Y.O. And I, I mean, I had a ton of traffic, but I didn't get that backlash because it wasn't until a few years later when the backlash happened on LeBron. But yeah, the backlash yeah. wasn't there at that time. Um, so I was lucky with that. Um, but I did see some of it um, on the review because people found it um, after that happened. That's hilarious. It wasn't, wasn't quite as bad, though. So, uh, so yeah, but, uh, and I've said this, LeBron can play for my Sixers anytime. Come, come. Good Lord. He's been playing for 20, 21 he, years. Yeah. An all-star. We win the championship if we had him. Right, has he missed one game or like, I think that AD and LeBron both have only missed one game. If you, you it, know, one you game know it, it, unfortunately it's the politics. It's the stuff off the court that I think is hurt. Well, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a, pre- I'm a preliminary. LeBron hater. He's done it long enough that you turn into a respecter of LeBron. My LeBron take is he's the greatest player of all time, but he's just a terrible GM, and he forces himself to be the GM. He doesn't allow a separate entity to become – and that's what's happening with the players now, which I'm not saying it shouldn't happen. I'm just saying that a lot of players that are forcing trades, it's not really working for them. Well, no, I'm going to look at the Jets with Aaron Rodgers this year. That was all people who brought him because of Aaron Rodgers. Oh yeah, well every yeah every person he brought in, and that, you know I'm yeah. not a big Nate Hackett fan, um, but God, that didn't work out great. That, that's a, yeah, I, I can imagine you not being a fan of his. God. All right, let, last question for you, Jack. Most challenging thing about being a brand ambassador? Um, it's a, it's a couple things. One, I'm a I'm a very new brand ambassador, so like the amount of people that know who I am. Is a very small amount of people as as a relative number to the greater industry. You know, right. I've been around for a while, but in you know Conway, Arkansas, nobody's showing up because Jack Hire's coming. Um, so that's a little difficult. Is you have to people are like, who are you and why should I care? Um, which you know, I would say the exact same thing. And then it is, I mean, it is a travel, plane travel and car travel are a little bit different. I pride myself on not complaining publicly very often because, you know, air travel is kind of like when, when you're having an air travel crisis, it's the most important thing in the world. But when you're on Facebook and you're seeing somebody else have an air travel crisis, it's like, I could not care less. Yeah. And I, I love everybody. And I'm not speaking about anybody specifically, but all of us probably had one or two specific posts pop in our heads where it was just like, like, man, we get it. But, you know, I'm at the point, uh, Casey from Crux, he gave me a piece of advice when I started this job that changed me forever. He said, have you ever seen the hangover three or whatever, the one where they go to Bangkok? And he goes, when they get out of the airport, they go, all right, gentlemen, Bangkok has you now. He goes, when you go to the airport, it's the opposite. He goes, whatever airline you picked, you're their property until you get out of that airport. You give them all your stuff and they pick where you go and when you go and if you get there and he goes, and there's nothing you can do about it. Nothing. (laughs) And so I've had a couple of rough days where it's just like, you want to cry and you're, you know, on day 16 of what was supposed to be a three hour travel day. 
Um, and you're just like, okay, American Airlines has me now. This is I'm just a prisoner of this. But it's not that bad, you know. It's right, being right, a brand right. ambassador for a cigar company is probably the best job ever in the world. You know, you get paid to roll around and smoke cigars. You know, there's obviously there's other stuff that I do, but you know, a majority of my work is going to cigar shops and talking about cigars and smoking cigars and eating food, and, you know, telling dirty jokes and that sort of stuff. So right. the brand ambassador one, if you can get it, is a nice a nice gig to have. Excellent. Well, Jack, thank you so much for being on tonight. A lot of fun. Great to have this you. This was on. great. This is uh, this this felt like it was no time, Coop. I could see how I could see how you know you can get into the threes or four hours. I could see how it could happen. It happened, but we, we you know uh, we we put a little strain. It's uh, we went two and a, two and a quarter. A over two, two and a quarter, a tight two and a quarter. Two. It's like yeah. the runtime of a night. This this movie is this is the exact length you want to be Oscar eligible. Right around here. Yep. Exactly. Um. Yeah. So no, all good. Um. And I know we'll be catching up sometime down the road at some point. I I hope we. I'll catch see up. you soon, Coop. I'll make a point of it. Yeah. No, I definitely do. Um. Like I said, I won't be seeing you at the trade show, obviously, but and I won't be. Um. But um. I want to get back to Tampa. I had a lot of fun in Tampa, so. We'll, we'll be happy to host you. Yep, I will definitely. Aaron, thank you as always. Absolutely. Thank uh, you, thanks to our thanks to our audience as well. A great audience tonight. Uh, and like I said, next week Hoot and Young scheduled uh, same time. But uh, that's gonna wrap up primetime episode two ninety three into the annals of history for Thursday, January eighteenth. Now Friday, January nineteenth, in the Eastern Time Zone. We'll catch everybody next time. Take care, everybody. See you guys. <laughs>